back to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown, and it is election night here in the city of Calgary, but across this great province as well. Sorry, I'm just getting some feedback. I just want to make sure that I'm doing this correctly. Everything's live, so things are going to possibly screw up throughout the night. But please bear with us and please stay with us for the next few hours as we cover the election results from here in Calgary, but also across this great province. Uh, We are going to be talking and mainly focusing on the ward races tonight, 1 through 14. We're going to be talking about them. We're going to be talking with some great candidates who have put their name forward. But we're also, and I'm just going to make sure I do this correctly here, everyone, we're going to be talking to two great ladies who have graciously accepted, uh, uh, donated their time to come in and do this with us tonight. Uh, the former MLA for Calgary, Bo, and the current Calgary representative for Alberta Council, Deborah Drever. Deborah, Hi. thank you. Thanks for having me. And the candidate for school board trustee here in the province, here in the city of Calgary for Ward Six and Seven, Olga Barcelo. Olga, thank you so much for doing this. Of course, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I, let's, let's start this off and I'm just going to make sure I get this right here. Election day. You've gone through this. Mm-hmm. This is your third, uh, this is, well, you've gone That's through this twice. Yeah. How are candidates feeling right now? Well, you know, for me, election day has always been a weird day. Um, weird things has always happened to me on election day. Today's no exception to that. Um, I always just felt like it was a calm before the storm. That was just a feeling uh, that I always had. Um, and so actually, I remember I was talking to my sister Jennifer about this because she's running for city council in Lethbridge. And uh, so she's always worked behind the scenes as a campaign manager uh, for Nikki Ashton, who's an MP. And so, she, but she's never been the candidate. So this is her first experience being uh, a candidate on election day. And I just gave her some tips, just, you know, what I was told is it's your day, you know, just try not to stress too much. Uh, you have volunteers to get out the vote and, you know, that's all you can do. Get a massage if you want. Go for a coffee, go for a walk, you know, try to ease your anxiety or just work if that is what occupies your mind. Um, but that's for me. I'm a workaholic and that's what I did. I worked on election day uh, up until the uh, polls closed and the results started coming. So. It's always a weird day for me. But. <laughs> no, understandable. Uh, Olga, this is your first time on the ballot. Uh, how are you feeling right now? We are <laughs> 55 minutes away till polls officially close here in the province. Uh, you are in the running to be the next school board trustee for Ward 6 and 7. How are you feeling and how was your day? Take me through the process of Olga Barcelo's day for trying to keep calm and carry on. <laughs> making calls, like calling to get out the vote, especially all that. So it's a very different perspective that I'm in right now. So today was mostly just like relax, keep calm. I definitely have the butterflies in my stomach and, you know, just kind of relaxing. I treated myself to just like making a nice breakfast and lunch and that was very therapeutic for me. We have 14 races that we're going to be paying close attention to tonight. And then we're also going to be paying attention to the school board races because uh, (laughs) if you stay with us, 
as six and seven school board trustee gets called, we might have some breaking news and you might be the first to hear the acceptance speech of the next school board trustee here on the cross border interview live podcast. Um, throughout the night, we will be having candidates. We have candidates from Ward 12, Ward 8, and then a few mayoral candidates and also a few school board trustee candidates who are going to be coming in and sitting down with us. Well, not coming in, but coming in and talking to us via Zoom because that's social media as uh, the world works in the, today's age. We are all social media. So um, let's 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 hit the ground running. Sure. Ward 1. Ward one, so I've I've done great graphics, so you're not going to be able to see us for the next 15, 20 minutes because we're going to be going through these, but we're just going to talk about the wards and what uh, we're expecting to happen tonight. So in Ward one, which is the sort of the northwest part of the riding, which is your old stomping ground as an elected official, we have a lot of candidates who are running. Uh, Tom Ananick, Chris Blath. Uh, Blatch, sorry, John Flip, Jacob McGregor, Gaz Kamar, Shauna Sears, Sonna Sharp, Larry Tweedle, and Steve Webb. Um, we had a debate with them. This was one of our well-attended debates. We had all but two candidates actually uh, uh, unable to attend, so we had great exchange of ideas. Is there anything you're looking at in this election? Because I see the polls, and I'm assuming you have as well. It's uh, looking to be a Sonia Sharp-Steve Webb election battle. Are you expecting that? Let's start with you, Olga, because we'll go to the person who represented the area afterwards, but for yourself. Yeah, so it's interesting. So I have family who lives in Ward 1, and just the sign wards, the big sign ward up in that area, it's really interesting because it's the majority, as you said, Sonia Sharp or Steve Webb. And actually, my, my father met Steve Webb at a gas station randomly <laughs> a couple days ago, and they had an interesting chat. So that was pretty cool. He was a nice guy, from what my dad said. But and yeah. Ward Sutherland, former uh, councillor for the area, has announced that he is retiring. So this is an open seat. This is, There's no incumbent here. Does that give anyone a chance tonight, Deborah? Because you are you would know the best that you can come from behind and win an election, and people might not be putting money on you. So... While Sonia and Steve are the odds-on favorite to win tonight, is there a potential chance that there could be a third-party candidate who comes up the middle and takes this riding? It's a really good question. It's hard to answer that when there's so many candidates, right? Um, but from my experience um, in that ward, because I represented Bowness, but I know that Tuscany is also part of Ward 1. Uh, ward Sutherland, I believe, lived in Tuscany, so he did have a lot of supporters in that area. Uh, not so much Bowness, unfortunately, um, just from the feedback that I got from Bonesians. Um, I think his, his vote was more conservative, more right-leaning. Um, so I think this go-around, there's a different... It's not so polarized um, in this election, I believe. It's more so, you know, people getting out there, showing their face, uh, getting, getting on the doors. Um, that's what resonates with voters, is actually meeting the candidate. And so I do see Sonia Sharp um, and uh, Steve, Steve Webb. Webb. Uh, they're quite active, so I do think that they are the front runners. Um, for a third party, I the third one that I'm looking at, and sorry to interject yeah. here, the third one I'm looking at is Tom. I was gonna say Larry. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen him pretty active on the doors, um, and he does have experience. Um, I believe he was a transit worker, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so he does have experience working with, uh, in that capacity. Um, and you know, the fact that he's a working class citizen, I think would resonate with a lot of folks. 
especially in the bonus area. So you never know. You never know what's on people's minds. That's true. True that. Uh, Let's head off to uh, Ward 2, which is the... Uh, current incumbent is Joe Magliocca, who is currently going through the legal proceedings due to the RCMP that was announced uh, probably the late uh, late breaking news, one of the late breaking news that are, were that was happening in this election. But there are a few candidates in this riding as well. Francis Arana, Joe Magliocca, Serene Singh, Kim Tyres. Uh, Theo, Dan, uh, Theo Van Vassou and Jennifer Wynas. Uh, to be up front, Jennifer and Francis were on the show. They actually did come in and chat with me for the show, so just giving you that uh, heads up there. But Maglioka is in trouble, it looks like, tonight. It, it looks like that he might be going down in defeat, but never say never, because I think a lot of people thought he was going to go down in defeat last election as well. Uh, Deborah, what's your prediction here? Because... This is a wild card race because I think a lot of people are looking at it, but... Yeah, exactly. I think it is a wild card race, but I do think that you are right. I don't think that he will win um, this go-around uh, based on um, the controversy that's happened in the past year um, with his expenses, and uh, I don't think that voters um, would respect that. I mean, you want to have an honest counsel. You want to have someone that would truly represent you and your values, and uh, I don't think that he has those uh, so the, the 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 potential the runner up in the 2017 election was uh, Jennifer Wynas. So she is the progressive, quote unquote progressive. She was endorsed by uh, Calgary Futures or whatever third party I think it was. Um, and uh, Kim Tires is the conservative alternative to Joe Magliocca. So Joe is fighting two battles here. Uh, do you think that? Uh, and I'll throw it to you, Olga. That while you have two people fighting on both sides, there is a chance, like we just talked about in Ward 1, where you can come up the middle. Yes, I definitely think so, from what I've seen. Um, Magliocca did have, from like a while ago, like a strong support within the community that was very well known. But now, with all the controversies that's happened for him, it's not it's not so much there, but then you have Kim Tires. So that's pretty tough for them in the conservative vote, right? And then you have Jennifer Wynas. So, I mean... I think we could have a third person. I, I, and that's why, I, when, 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 before we talked about this, and I know you guys are looking at the candidates right now and we're talking behind the scenes, but before the interview, before this live stream started, I asked what ridings we would be looking at and two was one of the ridings because I think this one is going to be an interesting because of what happened in four. I think four has changed the name of the game for two. And I say that because I think more people are worried about four now and not two. And we'll talk about four here in a few seconds. Uh, let's move on to Ward 3. If my computer speeds up because it is taking its time because that's the way it works. This is in the central north area of our great city. This is Jody Gondek's old riding. Jody Gondek is currently running for mayor and it is a open seat. This is one of the many that are open <laughs> in this election. Yes. And there is an abundance of candidates that are running in this election in that riding. Um, Jasmine Maine, the former Olympian who went to Rio 2016, is running. Uh, Gubir Najir is running as well, former or current uh, planning and direct uh, planning and development director for Rocky View County. Nate Pike, famous uh, famous uh, podcast host, uh, online personality. Kumar Shamar, former journalist that was attacked a while back. Uh, Brent Trenholm, former can former counselor in BC, is now running. Um, 
odds-on favorite are Jasmine, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that if people see her too tied to Jodie Gondek, because I know Jodie has, I think, publicly endorsed her, this could potentially backfire in her if Ward 3 residents are done with the Jodie train. What's your thoughts? Olga, we'll start with you because we started with <laughs> Deborah last time. Do you think Jasmine potentially could win or is this, and, and this is all hypothetical. These polls are not closed yet and we do not know what's going to be coming in. And I've driven around Ward 3 once in my life and I didn't see signs. Fair enough. Um, thanks for having me ask this first. So, full disclosure, <laughs> I, I know her personally okay. because I was involved in Ask Her YYC, as was she, and a lot of other candidates who are running in this election today. Um, I think, no, I was there a couple days ago just doing a drive, and I did see signs for her. A lot of really big signs, which is a great thing to see. Um, I think she's she's been working really hard, door knocking a lot, as has Nate Pike, though. I do know that for sure. So, from what I'm seeing, I mean, polls... You take them with a grain of salt, right? <laughs> <laughs> Our totally unscientific poll that we released yesterday had uh, Jasmine and Nate sort of with a 10-point gap between yeah. each other, but... Our unscientific poll, and I'm going to keep on saying that until the day the world blows up, that it was unscientific. The candidates who were sharing it as real polls, please stop, because it was totally unscientific. Um, it is true. It is. It's If social media has become a weapon in this election because of COVID-19, and Nate Pike has used it to his advantage, and Jasmine Maine has been able to get that social media game up to Nate's level. Deborah, you ran into elections that didn't have social media as active as it is right now because of COVID-19. Have you seen the game of social media being, uh, have you seen this election being won and fought on social media or is it becoming more of a, what's the word I want to use here? A sign war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think since, my time as an MLA until up until this election, um, social media has played such a huge role um, in in every election. Um, where it's it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. It's good for the candidates to get their name out there to reach out to, uh, you know, people get their news on social media nowadays, and that's just the reality of things. And podcasts. And podcasts. <laughs> And so I have seen uh, Jasmine a lot on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, Instagram. Uh, as for the other candidates, I can't say the same. Um, but, yeah, I think that it does play a huge role. So I was talking to one of the candidates who came on the show. Uh, and signs are being... There's a sign war up in Ward 3 right now. And... There are candidates who we have not mentioned who they are thinking are stronger than they are actually letting on because they're not doing the social media game. They're doing the traditional voting, which I think traditional campaigning of getting out door knocking is still around and still needed. But during COVID, it's a little bit harder. So this riding, I think we're, we're watching all the ridings, all 14 by the end of this night. But uh, this riding is going to be close. I don't think it's going to be the blow at that. I think a lot of people are thinking that Jasmine's going to walk away with this one. Yeah, but that's... I think you're right. Now let's talk about the million dollar question and the million dollar man, the police services man, because we are. Oh, that was not the right graphic. I apologize, everyone. There we go. Ward four. Mr. Sean Chu, 
revelation after revelation over the last 72 hours. If there was an, ever an October surprise in the campaign, this would be it. It was released on Friday afternoon that uh, he inappropriately, as a police officer, touched a 16-year-old girl. He said that he did not know she was 16 years old. Polling had him way out in, van out in front. I need to ask this question first before I ask the political question. And don't take offense to this for those who are listening and to the two women in this show. As women, what did you think when you first heard this? Deborah, we'll start with you because oh. I know you have a strong backing of uh, uh, women, uh, uh, domestic abuse. Yeah. Uh, you authored a private member's bill that passed the legislature while you were an independent member. Yeah. When you heard this news, what was your first thought? Um, yeah, I, that's what we, we have four hours. If you don't speak <laughs> candidly now, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. I was disturbed to be completely honest with you. Um, he does not have the best track record. Um, I've heard from folks that he has been inappropriate in the past. It's unfortunate that this happened. Um, uh, yeah, it, that's pretty much it. I should he, should he have continued? Continued with the race? Yeah. Um, no. I don't think so. I'm going to ask this question. We saw in the federal election, and I got laughed at when I said this in an open forum on Friday, but we saw in the federal election that a candidate in downtown Toronto had the exact same thing happen. 72 hours before the election, it came out that he had sexual... While he was in the military, there were sexual allegations towards him. He didn't drop out, and he still won ended up winning. He has gone on to say that he's going to continue fighting, and he's going to represent the people of his riding the best of his ability. If Sean Chu wins tonight, and I'll go with Olga on this one, if Sean Chu does pull this off tonight, which it could still happen because he is well-liked before this whole happened, and a lot of people got out in advance vote. If he wins tonight, do you see a path to him staying on as counselor, or do you think the public outrage will be so big that he will have to resign? I think he will stay probably for a little bit, to be honest with you. He might even try and kind of rectify the situation by saying he's going to be learning more, do more as a typical person in politics as they would. That's kind of the go-to from what I've seen in politics where people are accused of this and are discovered that it's actually true, the allegations they sometimes try and make an effort to change. But to be honest, I mean, as a woman myself, I think with um, anyone who's accused of sexual assault, sexual misconduct, I think it's disgusting. It is traumatizing. I mean, a trigger warning for anyone here listening to that yeah. because sexual violence is a really big problem. A lot of my friends have been sexually assaulted. Too many. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think I think it, they will, there will come a time when the public outcry will be pretty loud. Like, this is not okay. We can't have people like this representing... I agree wholeheartedly on that. Um, DJ Kelly, who is the uh, the sort of the main challenger to Sean Chu, uh, put out a statement after this allegation came out where he didn't make it political. He said, if you know someone, contact this uh, resource in Calgary. So I do believe, like you just said, that this is a triggering moment. And a lot of people looked at this and said, I can't believe we've had someone on council for almost seven years who has done this to a 16-year-old girl. And it's inexcusable to even utter the phrase, I didn't know she was 16. Mm -hmm. yeah. w what age is appropriate to assault somebody? 
Sean Chu? That's the question I want to ask. And if he ever comes on the show, that's the question I would be asking because he needs to address the fact that he has said that if it was some, if he, if she was older than sixteen, and it just came out today, actually, CTV just broke the news that he brought her back to his own apartment and held a gun during this whole thing. Yeah. CTV broke it. If you go to CTV Calgary, I would highly recommend you do that because it was um, horrendous what the, what the report had actually alleged that he had done. Um, I We could go on for four for a yeah. while, but let's go to five because we're going to be taking a break here for a second. Ward five, which is northeast, which is literally hop, skip and jump from where we are broadcasting live tonight. We are in t- 10 FYI, so we'll be talking about 10 here in a few minutes, but... Um, Ward 5, Councillor George Shahal is now MP George Shahal. He is out of the race. He was running until July when Justin Trudeau tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, come run for the Liberals. And he said, sure. Um, this is an open seat. Arun Sadat, Tudor Dinka, Raj Diwali are the, um, the semi, uh, semi people who people might know. Stan Sadu is George Shahal's former assistant while well, he was chief of staff during his time as a counselor. So people know these names. This is a this is going to come down to uh, who knows who, because in the Northeast, it's not the policy. It's who knows who. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure if you've taken an interest in Ward 5, but let's talk about Ward 5. Let's start with Olga. Olga, is there any uh, prediction here tonight or are you looking at this one thinking, it's going to be nasty because there have been allegations lobbied from both uh, from a lot of campaigns about potential uh, uh, getting non-residents to vote in Northeast. Well, that's a really interesting thing. Um, I mean, with Ward 5, it's kind of, I'm not totally sure if I'm completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to really keep looking at the polls and seeing what's coming out. Um, Raj is, I see everything like on the way here we saw Raj we saw, I saw a lot of Terry Khan mm-hmm. as well um and Aryan Sadat I'm, I'm sorry if I'm no you, you got it right but, okay <laughs> um but I mean I'm uh, yeah with Stan Sandu as well sometimes for him so it and that's the thing with the northeast politics I mean my family they lived in the northeast for a really long time so I have family who like still live in kind of the area and it's very much like who knows who. It's a lot of name recognition. So I think that's going to be the biggest factor here. So uh, for those who don't know, Sadat ran in 2017 and Dinka ran in 2017 as well. Sadat came second to George Shahal. So this is him running again during our online debate with uh, Ward 5 residents, which if you watched, you know that we crapped out middle through it because our Internet sucks in the Northeast for some strange reason. He kept on saying, my platform is the same as 2017. So he's running on the things that have been forgotten. Um, does that work in campaigns, Deborah? You've run in two campaigns. Do people, when candidates come out and say, we need to get things done because it hasn't been done by the previous government or previous councillor, previously previous MLA, does that work? Yes and no. I'm going to lean more towards no um, because, you know, different hot topics change. People's mindsets change. Um, you know, right now we're in a pandemic. I think that's like the, the biggest concern and the economy, especially in downtown Calgary. 
Um, so to bring up the past, uh, I don't think that would be the first thing people would talk about or think about. Um, but yeah, I think it would be better if you just stuck to what's happening currently. <laughs> Um, before we move on towards six, we're just going to take a quick break here because I have to go jump on to another live stream here because that's the great thing about this show. We are doing double duty tonight. So be, we will be back in about 15 minutes with Deborah, with Olga talking about ward six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and even the mayoral race in CBE. And then we'll be bringing on our first candidate from ward 12. Uh, we'll be back in about 15 minutes, guys. Stay tuned and we'll be back. Welcome back to the Crossboard Interview Podcast. Sorry about that. We went a little bit late with my last interview, but we are back and we're going to be talking with Ward 12 candidate Mike Lavalley here. So I'm going to try and do this correctly. So I do apologize if I screw this up, but let's try this. Mike, uh, hold on two seconds. I knew this was going to happen. We'll, I get you in and the audio just decides to not want to play with me right there we go. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Chris. Good evening. Can you hear me? Okay, but now I can't hear you. That this this is the great thing about this show. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds. I'm just oh, it would help if I had. How about now? Hello, Chris. There we go. Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike. How are you feeling? 15 am- minutes before polls close. I am awesome, Chris. How are you this evening? I am fantastic. We are, after 10 months of this longest campaign I've ever had to cover, (laughs) we are at the finish line, and I've never been more happier about that. But how are you feeling? How are you feeling down in Ward 12 right now? Well, you know, I have one very, very serious concern. I, I can't see my button on your bulletin board. Oh, I'm going to have to go grab it. I'll get, I'll I'll get, I'll get, it's on the municipal board. Now now I'm going to have to make sure that that if you have a sign, we'll put a sign up behind us as well. If you want to drive all the way up to 10. (laughs) But how are you? How are you feeling right now? We'll do this in the background to make up for it. How's that? Awesome. But how are you feeling? How is uh, your night going right now? Oh, it's good, Chris. Um, It's really good. Uh, We're just anxious to see some, results start coming in. I think with the uh, automatic tabulators that they're using this year that we're going to see results come in fairly quickly. Um, so I, I you know in past elections, we've had to wait around. I mean, we were up till all hours of the morning as they counted votes. And uh, especially with some of the lines, I mean, some of the polls didn't even close because people were waiting in line before. Um, but um, I think with the automatic tabulators and, and the big advanced turnout we had, I think we're going to start to see results fairly quickly after uh, eight o'clock tonight. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, just want to remind people, if you are listening to this via YouTube in line, stay in line after eight o'clock. If you are at the polling station, because your vote still counts, you are still able to cast your ballot after eight o'clock. If you are currently in the line, um, Mike, I, I want to talk about the campaign. How do you think you did? Because now it's you, you. This whole day has been out of your hands. It's now to the people who have gone out and voted. How are you it, feeling? 
It's too late now, Chris. What's done is done. <laughs> Never truer words from a politician have been spoken until now. <laughs> no, I, I think it's good. The um, uh, there were some some candidates in our ward, and I, and it's I think it's going to be a pretty hotly contested ward. If you look at the um, for example, on your own show, you did the debates, so the, the, the candidate forums for quite a number of the wards. You did more than half, I think, didn't you? Um, uh, I think just just under, just actually, yes, actually seven, completely. Yeah. Seven. Yes, seven. So, uh, and, and if you look, I was looking at the results today. Um, our, the Ward 12 forum or the Ward 12 debate was viewed, I think it's almost 7,000 times is the view counter on that now. We're about twice as much as the next ward. And the next ward is the one that one of the mayor favorites came out of. So you'd have thought that had been a pretty interesting race to see who was going to replace the the person in that ward. And geez, it's, we've had some pretty strong engagement down here in Ward 12. It's 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 been an interesting race. Um, I really feel good um, about momentum. Uh, momentum and it, it's kind of everything you can you can get it or you can lose it at the right or the wrong time and you know we were way back there kind of not even on anybody's radar um for a long time despite going out and participating and doing the things and walking the neighborhoods and all of that um and then after the debate people that watch that they start saying well geez you know, it's all of a sudden there's this person that I'm sort of interested in now. And we just really gained a lot of momentum from that. So so I really, really want to thank you for hosting that, because I know personally, <laughs> personally on our campaign, it may it, it made a difference. It's a chance to get out and talk to people that with the environment that we live in right now, we just didn't have that opportunity. Uh, it, it didn't exist. You know, just as things got better, we started making plans to maybe, you know, use one of the community centers and you start talking to the other candidates and try and get it all lined up. And then, poof, things change again. So, so yeah. Um, you know, and I appreciate that. And I can tell you that for the two nights before Ward 12, I think I, I lost a lot of sleep. And that's telling you something because <laughs> I'm the guy who's dealing with brain cancer right now. And uh, I'm joking about it, but I have to because if I don't, I'm going to be uh, wallowing in self-pity right now. But the, uh, Ward 12 was the hard one because you had more candidates than I've ever had to deal with. And I just wanted to make sure I did my due diligence and everyone stuck on time and you guys did. So I I appreciate that. Um, let, let's talk about the future here for a second, Mike, because we are now 10 minutes away from polls closing the future of our city. Do you have hope for the city, no matter how the chips fall tonight? Uh, oh, yeah, um, there's hope. There's there's you know, we've got what, 107 candidates. Um, there's yeah. some really good there's some really good people uh, that are running for council. Uh we're the, the city's going to going to do well and and even those of us that uh, maybe don't get elected tonight, we're not going away our voices are still going to be there we're active in our neighborhoods we're we're active community members and so if we see things that our friends and neighbors and fellow residents of our of our ward think are out of line and and it happens to be not I being the representative, then uh, we'll we'll help hold their feet to the fire, you know, and and make sure things are getting done right. So yeah, no, we have 
Calgary is a very exciting place. I, I, I came here because of the energy for Calgary 25 years ago. Um, it was when, you know, basically half the province of Saskatchewan was moving to Calgary. And uh, um, it, it was just, and, and people would come here and, and they would visit friends and family and they'd say, geez, there's a real energy. You can feel it in Calgary. You know, we've lost that a little bit, but I think it's coming back. I think, I think we're on the upswing and, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to good things in the future. So I asked you this during our interview, during our show that we put together for, I think, a week after the uh, uh, debate happened. But I want to ask it again, because now we're at the end of the campaign. Yeah. What have you learned? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about the people of Ward 12? Is there anything that you you want to, you, if you knew now, if you know, if you knew on January 1st, what you know now, would you still have done it? Would you still have put your name forward for election for Ward 12 counselor? Totally. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's it it's not an easy task running for counselor. It, it takes a lot of work, um, and especially for myself. I mean, I was I kept running my business the whole time. I know a lot of candidates. They take some time off. They take a leave. You know, they they, they make some adjustments and they go into it full time. I was doing my full time gig. <laughs> and running a campaign and, and trying to get out there and and it's tough it takes a lot of energy i've been kidding with people that uh, uh, after tonight i'm probably going to sleep for about a week and they said I, I just said it 10 minutes ago out in the backyard and uh, people said i've never seen you sleep that much you're going to be out there doing something anyway so they kind of called me on my baloney there but uh, well you have you have 72 hours to take down signs so you can't sleep too much <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we uh, 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 I've, I've I've got a volunteer, a good helper, friend of mine, the neighbor lives across the street. He's out in the backyard having a drink right now. We're going out tomorrow morning to start taking him down. So <laughs> that is awesome, Mike. I have one last question for you because we are still seven minutes away, and I got to ask the question that everyone's wondering: Who'd you vote for? <laughs> well, you know, if you didn't vote for yourself and you lost by one. That would just be blasphemy, you know. It, it, it just—it'd be the embarrassment of all embarrassments. So I have to say that, uh, but both both uh, both I uh, and uh, my lovely wife—I'll put our pictures up there uh, on the screen. Um, uh, we voted for uh, we voted Team Mike, and uh, I know everybody out in the backyard right now did the same. It's uh, with the COVID protocols. We were they're huddled around the. Uh, the patio heaters and the uh, the fire table out there and bundled up and trying to get some food in them and stay warm because that uh, that's what we're doing tonight. So and and they're out there watching us right now. So well, everyone at the Mike Lavalley campaign, good luck. Um, you guys have done a fantastic job. I've been watching you this entire campaign since you and I chatted, Mike. Best of luck tonight. Um, no matter what happens in Ward 12, you have made this city much better for running, for putting your name forward. And I appreciate your time out of your campaign to sit down and talk to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It was my pleasure. And, you know, I, I have this strong feeling that this isn't going to be the last time we're going to talk. I don't either. Win or lose, I think I think we'll be having some good conversations going forward. And I'm really looking forward to it. 
I will hold that to you. But before I do ask, before I do leave, I'm going to ask this because I know you sent me a button, but I want a <laughs> sign. I want a sign. I want a sign for the big sign wall that we're putting together for when we move into our big studio, whenever that's going to be. We're going to put them all up. So, Mike, I want a sign. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm just going to jump over to the one shot, but I appreciate everything you've done. And thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. Uh, oh, no, not that one. I want to do that one. Thank you, uh, Mike. Thank you so much. I'm going to just turn it over to our two guests right now who are looking like deer in the headlights. What, what are we going to talk about? But here they are um, right. I just want to make sure I do this right. Mm, uh, right there. There you go. Hello. Hi, everyone. So, um, how are you feeling right now, Olga, you with know, everything going on? You no, know, I'm feeling good. It's certainly an interesting time. You know, the nerves are really kicking in, but, you know, I think that's kind of expected, especially as a candidate. Yeah. But how about for you? Have you heard from your sister? I have not heard from my sister yet. Um, unfortunately, I left my phone at home because today, like I said before, it has been a bit of a weird day for me. A lot of strange things happened to me on election day, and I do not know, I cannot explain. But that's okay. I'm here now. I'm living in the present. So I'm just wishing the best for my sister, and uh, I know that she's going to win. So perfect. That's all that matters. Um, uh, thank you so much for vamping there for a few seconds there, Olga and Deborah. Uh, we are back uh, live again. We are going to be talking throughout the night. We have another guest coming on in about 15 minutes. But we want to continue on because we are three minutes away from polls closing here in the city of uh, Calgary, but also across this province. And I want to say this, that if you are, haven't voted... Go drive as quickly as you can without breaking the speed limit and get line. Mm -hmm. Your vote matters. And this is the only time you have the right to tell politicians uh, what direction you want. So go out and cast your ballot. You have three minutes left to get in line. If you are in line listening to this, stay in line. Like Mike and I just chatted about. Uh, I appreciate everything that everyone's done. And uh, we are... Closing in on the eight eight o'clock hour, and we are we are ten months after this election kicked off on January first. But uh, we'll talk about the awards after we do a few more interviews with some guests as they start coming on. But I want to talk about the longest campaign we've ever seen in this province, no municipal, federal, or provincial. Um, as the candidate who is now three minutes away from knowing your future of your life for Ward 6 and 7, Calgary's Board of Education, what are you feeling right now? A mix of emotions. You know, there's a sense of pride that I'm, I'm really happy that I, I did this, you know. I'm the first person in my family to run for office. Uh, I hopefully won't be the last, you know, because we need more people in democracy. Um, but, you know, it's certainly an interesting feeling. I know my family's very proud of me and my friends. I've been getting messages from people all throughout the day, I voted for you. This is amazing. We need uh, different voices. I've not been at the table, so yeah. What about yourself, Deborah? You are too weird. Take take us back to twenty fifteen. Two minutes before polls closed, what what was what was on your mind? <laughs> that is uh, that's a good question. Uh, so just to set the scene here, we were at the Opera House um, in Calgary, downtown Calgary. 
and I was told to come a bit early because uh, things were looking up for me. And as someone who's never ran before, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what would happen. Um, but I remember going there and I had my phone open with the results coming in. It kept refreshing, refreshing. And then all of a sudden, a little blue check mark was beside my name. And I remember asking, my grandmother was right in front of me and I looked at her and I said, does this mean I'm elected? <laughs> she said, yes. And I just burst into tears. It was just, I was overcome with emotions. Um, it was a really uh, good moment for me. So yeah, I think I, I'm hopeful for you, Olga. I know that uh, regardless of the results, you ran a really good campaign. And I know that you did a, an interview with Chris, uh, actually. So. We, you did, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to do that as well, because I know campaigns can be hard. They can be hard for candidates. They can be hard for families. But uh, talking to even an independent podcaster like myself was very appreciative. So thank you. My pleasure. We are now at 8 o'clock. Polls are now closed within the province of Alberta. If you are still in line, you still have the right to vote. We should be getting numbers here shortly. We will be bringing them. We will. We do not have the budget or the graphics ability to bring them live to you, but we will be reading them off as they come in. Um, I want to now uh, turn back to our wards that we are talking about because actually, let's let's jump up to Ward Twelve because just to talk about the ward that Mike Lavalley is in, and as his people are watching this. Uh, let's talk about it. Ward 12, which is in the southeastern uh, part of the city. Shane Keating's old riding. Uh, he is the pusher behind the entire green line to get it down there. He's been a strong advocate for that. There is uh, a lot of people running in this campaign. So let's talk about them. Craig Chandler, John, Chubby, Hubby, Duda. He introduced himself that way on the debate that Mike and I did. So I just want to make sure. Dirk Fontaine, Teresa Hargreaves, Mike Lavalley, who we just had on. Stephen Fan, Evan Spencer, and Mike Strayland. Evan Spencer, Craig Chandler, Mike Lavalley. Polling shows that those three are potentially one of the next counselors. Evan Spencer was the former uh, assistant or worked in... Councillor Keating's office, Craig Chandler is Craig Chandler of the Take Back City Hall campaign, and Michael Valley is a great guy. Let's just put it that way. Um, let's uh, have you guys been down to the southeast? Have you guys driven through that? What's your thoughts on this riding on this ward? Ward, 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 ward. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I think um, every ward is very unique, as every politician will say. I can just say the same for everybody that I'm running in. But um, for Ward 12, I mean, I don't have, and I'll be completely transparent, I don't have much experience in that area of town, but from what I've been seeing, there's a lot of momentum in that area, especially with um, Craig Chandler, with Evan Spencer, a ton of names coming forward. You have a ton of well-known names too, right? Like Craig Chandler, people know Craig Chandler. Um, Evan Spencer, people know his boss. So during the debate, uh, Mr. Chandler tried to paint Evan... Uh, close to Shane Keating, uh, but it was a respectable debate in itself. Um, you, on, in this election, you see uh, a very, uh, I would say, one side of the political spectrum against the center versus a few uh, people like Mike, who would be a little bit right of center, I would assume. 
Is that where politics is these days? It's right versus center. And I know there was a big debate on Twitter a while back about what does centrist mean and what does progressive mean? I I consider myself a centrist, but I I guess that's a bad word now. So as the former NDP MLA for the riding and current, uh, uh, I just want to make sure, Calgary Advisor to Alberta Council, when you're talking to politicians when you're out talking to family members friends is it right versus center or is this just some of the writings that we're looking at tonight oh that's such a good question Um, that's why i asked i could talk a lot about this but i know within my family specifically um my the whole dynamic is my mom's side is quite progressive uh more left-leaning um, my dad's side is a bit more right-leaning, but I would argue that he's now more of a centrist. Um, because I feel like Calgarians are, they, they are a progressive voters in a sense where they want um, amenities, they want good transit systems here in Calgary, they want to have uh, you know, snow removal, we want to have the amenities that would help us uh, through our day-to-day lives. And so, of course, um, we need good governance for that to happen. Um, which unfortunately sometimes you have to pay a bit more in taxes for these things to happen. Um, and so, you know, when we think of center to right, people tend to think lower taxes, um, fiscally conservative, that kind of thing. But I believe that there's a bit of more of a shift in that where people are more concerned about the health and safety of their community and their selves and their family and making sure that we have the proper amenities. So, um, yeah, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't think a lot of people label themselves these days because uh, it just starts a whole argument. Um, I be, you know, for me, it's a bit unique because I was with the Democrat uh, Party in Alberta, so you know, it's obvious where my uh, ideologies land. But um, yeah, people don't tend to like to talk about where they are. Unless they're very politically engaged, that's a different, yeah, situation. True. Olga, uh, we'll, we'll jump up to Ward 6 here to finish off because this is your neck of the woods. And just to let you know, uh, Elections uh, Calgary has updated their website. The results will be pouring in. They are electronic voting, so we should start seeing results here anytime soon. I am going to keep my eye on it. Uh, but let's talk about Ward 6 for a second because that's the area that Olga is running to represent on the school board. Ward 6 is... This this is sort of the still in the northwest, but it's sort of center northwest. It's like like directly west, and then Ward Seven, which is just kitty corner to it as well. Uh, in six, we have uh, outgoing councillor Jeff Davison running for mayor as well, and you have four candidates running: Richard Pootsman, the former councillor for Ward Six; Sanjeev Khad, who is backed by Jonathan Dennis, the former Attorney General for uh, Alberta; Dwayne Hall. Uh, I will be honest; until I saw a photo of him, I did not know who he was. He might have made some splash in Ward Six, but I didn't know who he was. And Lana Bentley. Lana Bentley came on the show. She did a forum with uh, Richard and I. And what's your opinion on Ward 6? Is this going to be a close race, or is Richard going to get the name recognition and win this one tonight? You know, that's a really interesting question, and I'm like, I'm really thinking about that, because I know with uh, Lana and with uh, Richard, it's, it's really interesting how that's working out, because I think, yes, Richard does have the name recognition, but Lana has been a 
firehouse. Like, she has been doing so good with everything in her campaign. I agree. And, I mean, she, uh, from what I understand, she's a professor at Mount Royal University, which is my kind of alumni at this moment, and yours as well, Deborah. So, it's certainly interesting. I think, you know, never say never. I, I'm really torn between how that's going to turn out. I think it'll be interesting. I'm really excited. <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, Lana did run in 2019 for the Alberta party, so she has had a uh, political campaign under her belt already. Um, we did a, yet again, unscientific poll, and Richard came out on top. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I actually did have a pretty good relationship with um, Richard Kubins, uh during my time as an MLA. Um, I can't say the same thing about Jeff Davidson, unfortunately, but... Um, that's just, you know, you see the different dynamics and different counselors. And uh, I think that Richard, you know, I will give him, he, he does actually label himself as a centrist. I have had conversations with him about this. Um, and uh, in that he was pretty engaged with the community. Um, and I think maybe that's why he's coming up on top. He does have name recognition. But I do agree with Olga. I think Lana Bentley has just knocked this election out of the park. I think she's done a great job. And uh, really hit the, the issues on, on the head. So I give her lots of praise for that. I hope she does well. If elected, she would be the first uh, uh, black woman to be elected to the uh, city council. And this would be huge for not only the city, but also diversity within our city as well. Uh, let's talk about the other ward, and this is the one that I think a lot of people are watching. This was one that both of you said when I asked the question, which writings are you watching? This was one that you want, wanted to watch right away, which is Ward 7. Ward 7 is north of the downtown belt line, so this is just literally north. It's Highway 16. It's all the way, all the way through. It's I drive most of it because I have to for the Tom Baker. I go back and forth along this, so I have seen signs for Ward 7 candidates in this area, so this is the writing I can talk about a little bit here. But Ward 7 has uh, outgoing Drew Farrell is no longer going to be councillor after 20 years in service. She is no longer going to be the uh, councillor for Ward 7. Let's start with, because we started with Olga and we'll end with Olga here, but Deborah, um, this has Marilyn North Pagan, Heather McRae, Aaron Waite, Derek Williams, Terry Wong, Benjamin Shepard, Matt Lalonde, Daria Bogdanoviv, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, and Greg Amoroso. Who are you looking at on this one? Well, this is the ward that I live in, certainly. <laughs> um, I live in Montgomery. I've seen their signs all over the place. And I currently have a um, Maryland uh, North Pagan sign on my lawn. I so you went out and voted for Maryland? Absolutely. So and why? I'm not ashamed to say it. I think that everyone should vote for Maryland. <laughs> hey, well, it's 10 minutes past closing time, so I'm assuming not a lot of people have voted. Well, for... all right. Um, but why? Uh, what what made you? Because this is a crowded field. There are four women running, and I know you shouldn't just vote for a woman just because they're women. But uh, there's four women running. This is the most women running in a in a ward in the city. Why'd you go with Maryland? You know, I think that her politics are aligned with mine. Um, the fact that she's would be the first Indigenous woman to be on council would be historic, and I think it's something that we need to continue um, to just up those voices in our community and make sure that you know we're listening to all communities here in Calgary. Um, and I think that you know she has some really good uh, perspectives. Um, 
in terms of you know, the fact that she was with the police commission, I believe. Um, she was the author of the White Goose Flying Report. That's right. Yeah, so, you know, I, she offers a different perspective um, that I think is, is needed on the city council. That has been lacking. This isn't a writing that I wanted to talk about a little bit because this is a weird writing for me because Heather McRae was recently not publicly endorsed, but the social media around Heather for the last few days, for the last week, have had her and Jody Gondek side by side in almost every photo video that they could possibly find. Is this a back? Is this could, could this potentially backfire in uh, Miss Gondek's face if she wins tonight as mayor? Being so tidly, so closely tied to a candidate who might not win because you, as the mayor, you will have to work with every potential person who gets elected. And if you're tying yourself close to someone already, could that backfire in you? Asking me? Yep. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no worries. I should have. I should have said that. Don't worry about it. You know, I think. I don't think so in many ways because I think with everything from what I've been seeing on, on Twitter, for example, Jody's been with a lot of different candidates throughout this whole campaign. And I think, um, I don't know that it'll backfire. I mean, it might be something that would be talked about quite a bit. If they're, let's say they're both elected, then people could kind of criticize that in many ways. Obviously, that's kind of a given. But I think it's just something to discuss more or less. I don't know that it'll explicitly affect her. Do you think so? Because it's always hard, right? Because we 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 traditionally don't want mayor candidates coming out and endorsing political candidates because as the mayor, as the council, you will have to work with anyone who is elected. You are there to represent your people that vote for you. But at the end of the day, you have to work with people from every wing of the political spectrum. And does this potentially backfire? And I, 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 there's a connection with the Gondek campaign. There is a, a well-known, uh, well, well-kept secret. I don't know why it's been kept, but it is not being publicly stated that Heather is Stephen Carter, who is campaign advisor to the Jody Gondek's campaign wife. Oh, okay. So, I did not know that. so <laughs> this is this just. BFFs, or is this sort of a I'll rub your back if you rub my back kind of a deal? Or am I just looking too much into this? And like you said, she's been out with all other candidates as well, because I know she was down with Jay Unsworth in Ward 13. Uh, I'm not sure if she was out in Ward 10 with anyone because I didn't see anything, but she has been out in a few other areas. Do you want to go for it? Yeah, I think maybe... It can always be a little bit of both. I see what you mean, like, looking into it, especially. Yeah, there is always something to look into, but at the same time, maybe they're friends. I mean, Deborah's one of my best friends. I'm not going to lie about that right here. I mean, I'll be very honest, but... Um, Whoa, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> no, but I think, um, I mean, yeah, there's there is definitely the connection, right? I mean, with Stephen Carter and with Heather McRae. That's there's no denying that, but I mean, maybe it's just the work ethic, maybe they have the same values. I don't know them personally myself, so I can't speak to that, but it's a possibility. Understandable. Uh, let's stick to the downtown core for a second and let's jump across to the Beltline area because this is an area that uh, I, uh, I think a lot of people are watching because of some of the named candidates, and that is Ward 8. Yes, uh, if mm-hmm. if I if my computer decides, there we go. Ward 8, which is the Beltline, Shaganapi, the uh, Kalinarni, Glen Nagari uh, area. And 
this has a wealth of candidates as well. It seems like everyone decided to come out of this uh, at, during this election. I'm just making sure that uh, my next guest doesn't uh, come in and I, I don't I don't miss them. So I do apologize if I'm back and forth. You can't see me. You only can see the candidates who are on there. But Ward 8, uh, we have Monique Offrey, Paul Bergman, Gary Bobovitz, who is well-known in the global TV area, uh, Yogi Henderson, Medina Canavia, who announced her campaign the day the election uh, was uh, the nominations closed. It was September 20th. Phil Mitchell, Courtney Walcott, Cornelia Weeb, and Natalie Winkler. Um, this is a toss-up. This is a t- this is one that I'm honestly going to be surprised at at the end of the night because Gary Bobovitz, well-known reporter for Global News back in the day, he has uh, connections within City Hall from his times as a reporter, is up against uh, one of his biggest challenger because this is an open seat. Evan Woolley is retiring. Courtney Walcott. Courtney Walcott was recently endorsed by Evan Woolley after the advanced voting happened. And Cornelia Weeb, uh, three candidates who I'm looking at tonight. Uh, what about yourself? Let's start with Olga here. Ward 8, does this potentially bring anything? Are you interested in this race or is this going to be blow it for one candidate over another? Yeah, I think it's really, it's really interesting. I'm really looking at Cornelia Weed. She has done a really incredible campaign. I mean, I have nothing else to say on that, but I think it really, it will be interesting because, yeah, you have the top three there. You have Courtney Walcott, you have Cornelia Weed, you have Gary Bobrovitz. Um, I <coughs> it's so close that you can't tell at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just, like, anxiously looking at the election results, but... Um, I think we all are at this point in time. (laughs) But what about yourself? Um, uh, I will ask this question. Courtney Walcott has been the poster child for the progressives in this election. He has uh, had one fantastic run in this election because a lot of progressives have put their money on him to win this seat because... Uh, Evan Woolley might have been a progressive, but they see uh, Courtney as the true progressive that they could potentially pick up the seat. For you, what are you looking at in this ele- in this uh, this in this ward, and do you see it as a race between Gary and Courtney, or is it going to be a third person? These are questions. Hard questions, Chris. <laughs> we are 17 minutes after the election <laughs> close. You should know the answers by now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say that Courtney Walcott, um, you know, came out guns ablazing with this election campaign. I think that he's done a great job of getting his name out there. Um, and, uh, as well as Gary, uh, Bobrovitz, um, I've seen his signs everywhere. However, I've also heard that, um, the signs on people's lawns didn't have the consent of the homeowners. So... Um, you know, it happens. Politics. Politics 101. All the time. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I would also agree with Olga that Cornelia Weave is someone to uh, keep your eye on. I think that she actually might come up um, in the middle. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. This is a really interesting writing for me. I'm... 
For transparency's sake, I should note that uh, as the host of the Cross-Border Interview podcast, uh, as the president of Miranda Brown and Associates, I did work with Monique Offrey during the month of August. Uh, in September, I departed just to focus on my health issues. But uh, I just want to make sure that's on the record that I did do some work for Monique Offrey's campaign. Uh, and I did have an interview with her. So I just want to talk about that. Uh, while we wait for our next guest, who... As you can imagine, things happen and things uh, take priority. But let's let's go. Uh, let's continue moving east along 16 to that great old Ward 9. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Councillor John Carlo Carra, Mr. Uh, four Terms If He Wins Tonight, Councillor, first elected in 2010 with the Nenshi uh, reign and is now running for his fourth term. We had him on the show. He is up against... Another large swath of candidates. It seems like everyone and their mother wants to run in this election. John Kalokara is up against Kim Fesser, uh, Mr. Hattie, uh, Miss Hazain, Damon Kahn, Omar Mckeo, Lori Massey, Derek Reimer, John William Wade, and Naomi Withers. Um. Our unscientific poll said that he's cruising for a re-election tonight. Do you think that's true? Let's start with Deborah. You know what? I think that he has a very good chance of winning. Um, the fact that he's an incumbent, uh, this would be his fourth term. Um, you know, I think he's done a great job as a counselor these past um, well, three terms now. Uh, I think that, yeah, you know... For, for municipal politics, it's so different from provincial, and I have to kind of rewire my brain in a way, uh, because it's not as partisan. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say that Giancarlo is definitely more progressive, um, and uh, I think that, uh, like I said, he's been in his community, he's been talking with the constituents, I think that that in itself, he'll probably win tonight. Good to hear. Um, not well, not good to hear, but good insight. Thank you so much, um, Olga. Naomi Withers is the dark horse in this race because she has been getting a lot of the progressives uh, coming from the John Carlo Corral campaign. Could we be in for a surprise, or because John Carlo is uh, well known in the riding, he could be cruising for a victory. The only reason I ask that is you don't traditionally have nine other candidates running against you if the incumbent counselor is doing a good job. So looking at potentially nine other votes here, nine other splits, could we potentially could see that defeat or am I just reading too much into it? Never say never in politics. Anything is possible. 2015. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. But it's true, you know. Fair enough. Anything is possible, and things can just change very quickly in politics from what I've been seeing the past couple months. But I think I think Giancarlo has a very good shot of winning re-election, but you never know because with she is the dark horse of the race. Yeah. There is a big possibility for that. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think... With Ward 9, it's a very interesting area because you have it's a really diverse mm -hmm. community in that whole And it's a very business community as well. Like, that International Avenue is hugely yeah. business-friendly. Yeah. A lot of people have their start in Ward 9, from what I can see. I mean, I have family members who live in Greater Canada, and they end up living in Ward 9 because it's a very affordable area, and it's a 
very uh, international area, as Chris has mentioned as well. John William Wade is the president of the BIA in the International Avenue, and he is running in this race. And he came on the show and he talked about that, that people get their start, but they leave the area and they go to other parts of the community. And he hopes that people will stay there. Mm-hmm. Um Nine's going to be a fascinating race tonight. I'm looking forward to that. I'm still refreshing results. I'm 90% sure every campaign, every elector is doing that right now because they want to see as these numbers are going to be coming in. And hopefully we can start making some uh, calls here because that's what we're here for. <laughs> let's 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 go down south. Let's go down south for a second because I will. I, I want to leave ten to last because I have about an hour and a half long rant I have to talk about. <laughs> so to my to the listeners for Ward Ten, I apologize right now. <laughs> Uh, let's start with Ward 14. Ward 14 is the center, sort of south center riding. Pete DeMong is the incumbent uh, councillor. He is one of the few that are actually running for re-election. He is up against uh, Calgary firefighter Stephen DeBaugh, uh, Andre Hinton, and Anton Ovechkinov, or as he likes to call himself, just Anton. Uh, like, just share, just Anton. Um <laughs> I, I, I will be up front here. Uh, we had a in, uh, forum scheduled with Award 14 on Thursday of last week. Uh, and due to a police matter in this house, we had to cancel that. All the candidates all reached out after that. They understood what happened. And I want to thank them for that because... You should feel safe in your own house, and my first priority is always to my family and to make sure that they are safe, and I appreciate those candidates for understanding and not doing that. And I understand they had to reschedule some things for the forum that night, but I appreciate them understanding and realizing that my family always does come first at the end of the day. I want to talk about it. Pete DeMong... Is he cruising for victory? Because he is, I, we, Deborah and I, well, you, we know someone who lives in 14 and they told us point blank, if I'm not mistaken, last weekend when you were here, when after the incident happened, you came over for support. And I appreciate that. He said that they had voted for that uh, for Pete because he was the only person that they knew. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that matter in municipal politics? Does name recognition matter? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you talking to me? What a fucking solo. Uh, Before you do that, uh, I'm going to let you continue talking because I'm going to bring in our guest and then we'll, so after you're done, we're going to talk to our guest and we'll go from there. Okay. So continue on. I think name recognition is such a, an important thing. Um, if people don't know who you are, especially municipal, we have so many candidates, so many mayoral candidates. Um, it's, convoluted it's confusing um and i'm more politically active um and i'm even confused uh so yes for someone who doesn't really pay attention to politics uh i don't think that uh you know when they mark their name on the ballot uh they need to know who they're voting for Agreed. uh thank you for that deborah um we are going to i just want to make sure i do this correctly here because as you know one person doing many jobs is always fun 
Uh, I just want to make sure I do this correctly. So uh, we have another guest coming in uh, with us today, and we are just going to make sure I do this correctly. Uh, she is currently running for the top job. The polls have closed, and she is waiting like everyone else to come in. Jan Damery, thank you so much for doing this. This is an honor and a pleasure. I'm thrilled to be here, Chris. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Awesome. Um, Jan, how you feeling? We are half hour after polls close and you've just ran a 10 month campaign. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> I'm actually feeling really energized. I'm, uh, I'm at a local uh, business, The Craft downtown. I've got all my people with me, my family with me. And uh, we kind of feel like we threw it all out there, leaving it all on the field, Chris. I'm so, so proud of the team and what we've done and we've changed the conversation. So how did you change the conversation? Because I, I, I want to know, because uh, there was a lot of voices running for mayor, 27 of you, but you were able to get your voice out there and you were able to break away from the pack and people heard you and people wanted to learn more about you. How were you able to do that? Um, I think it's the work that we did on the platform, Chris, taking also very strong and, and, and positions that I just so believe in. And for me, not afraid to take positions. We were the first out. One of our, my campaign commitments was transparency in donations. So we led that way. And you'll notice that others followed suit. Uh, I led on vaccine passports. And in fact, if we city council had actually taken my idea in July, we would not be in the mess we are in the city now. Uh, and I've advocated early on for more polling stations on campus. Uh, and so eventually kind of followed suit. So I'm incredibly proud, in addition to, I think, really bringing everyone into the conversation about how great the city can be and what are very specific, tangible ideas that we can do, we even showed how we could pay for them to get us going so that we can be this place that people want to be, that keeps our young here. I think, Chris, you and I talked a while ago, very personal for me. I got an older son who is not here tonight because he's in Victoria, couldn't find a job here. And I, we have so much going on in this city. It's about getting back our mojo, regaining our confidence, and the ability for me to pull across uh, all kind of viewpoints. And of course, I was even doing that last week, pulling from other candidates in, in, in the mayor's race who were not being heard. And I elevated them and brought them to the table because there's some good ideas and we have to listen to everyone because that's how we get out of this pickle, quite frankly. I, I appreciate that because you are right. We we need voices elevated. And I appreciate the work that you did to elevate not only your voice, but the voices of ward candidates as well, because I know you held many events with great candidates across this city. During your time running in this election, you have met with lots of candidates have you learned stuff about yourself and about the people who want to run in this campaign and want to run this city? And what would what advice would you give to the people who are about to take that power mantle tomorrow morning or next Monday when they get sworn in? What advice would you give them to the people who you have connected with, you have talked with ward wise? Listen with humility is my advice to any of the councillors coming in. We have had such a challenging time for the last four years in our city. People are hurting, yet they're looking for leadership. But it's not about best idea, it's about how do we actually bring people, share in a common vision, and be willing to change our minds because others have a better idea than what I'm presenting forward. 
I'm hoping that is something that I've shown how to do it in the campaign that the people will see. And of course, it's the night's not over yet, Chris. Who knows what can happen? Hey, we, we have been digesting just even the ward races because we, there's been a major focus on your race, the mayoral race. And we have a 14 other people who are going to be elected tomorrow morning or tonight. Um, I want to ask this question because I've asked every other candidate who's come on the show tonight. Uh, if you know now, if you knew uh, on January 1st what you know now about the city, about your campaign, would you still have put your name forward? Absolutely. I have fallen more in love with our city. My belief has even grown stronger. Uh, I, I truly believe that we are stronger together and we don't represent a lot of the diversity in our city. And I think that, again, in a previous conversation you and I had, how committed I am, in fact, spent a lot of time in the last week out in the north, east part of our city. Uh, and how do we sort of ensure that there is equity in services, that there is equity in opportunity and I am committed. And it doesn't stop here for me, Chris. Regardless of outcome, I will continue to be that strong voice and advocate. I, I've been telling the team, this is the end of the beginning for me, no matter what happens tonight. I appreciate that. And I, I, I also ask this question because just, just a fun, because you know how much I like having fun, even with everything going on in my life. I got to ask, who'd you vote for? <laughs> I did vote for myself. It was kind of cool. I was number two on the ballot. I don't know if you noticed that. Kinda, oh, I did. It is a real, it's a real moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I do that because of the belief in the people around me. You know that I, and I've spoken about this, you and I haven't talked about this, but I was pressured vehemently to drop out of the race and support another candidate. And I stood strong because of the people that have rallied around me, because of the vision that we have portrayed, and it's about democracy. And so this is about me, and it's, I've always said it's, it's bigger than me, Chris. This is about and how I, we collect and bring people together, so that's why I, I voted for me. And I, I'm going to say this, and I apologize for talking over you during this interview, but I've got to say this. To those candidates who have asked you to drop out, to the candidates and campaigns who have asked voters to strategically vote for one campaign over the other, stop it. Your vote matters and it is your voice as the residents to vote for whoever you want to vote for. Vote for the person you want to best represent you. I know I'm saying that 32 minutes after polling's close, but stop with this idea that we have to scare people into voting for certain people. Um, Jan, I want to thank you. Uh, I, I said this during the our, our interview together, but I also want to just take a moment and say thank you for running. People like you are make this city great. You have enlightened this campaign. You have ensured that people are heard. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you have done for the last 10 months and taking time out of your campaign to sit down and talk to me. I was a lonely podcast host and you decided to come on my show. So thank you so much for doing that because, uh, okay, I told myself I wasn't going to cry, but I'm going to. No, so Chris, you're going to make me cry. So <laughs> there you go. Because every voice matters. I mean, I, I had a new immigrant to our city ask me, a couple of weeks ago, why, why would I vote? I just got here. He said, because your voice matters. You have made this city your home. This is where you want to build your life. This is about the future of our city. Your voice matters. Jan, I want to thank you so much for doing this and taking time out of you tonight and sitting down and just chatting with me. Good luck on tonight. Uh, we'll be rooting for you from here up in the Northeast in Ward 10, okay? 
Thanks so much, Chris. You take very good care of yourself. And we're going to have a beer or a coffee, whatever your potion is. There you go. Well, we'll have a water. Hopefully my hopefully my surgery is rescheduled so I can start having water and only water. So thank you so much and have yourself an excellent rest of the night. Okay. thank you so much. So good to see you. And hello to all your viewers. We are back. Uh, I just want to say thank you once again. As you can tell, we have lost one of our panelists. She has left us. She ran away. She She had to go do something quickly. So we are just Olga and I right now. Olga, let's talk about school board for a second, because that's why truly you you ran. Um, We are 32 minutes after this, 35 minutes after the election, and I'm just going to make sure that there are no results that have come in before the time. Oh, we do. We we are starting to get results. We are starting to get a lot of results. So we are going to be breaking down these. But uh, before we do that, I want to talk about you for a second. Um, I've asked the two candidates who have come on, so I'll ask you as well. If you knew then what you know now, would you still have run? Why? Because I think it's important, you know, even if there's other people who are running who have, let's say, more name recognition, I think, as you were just having your other discussion previously, I think it's important just to have names out because, and just have voices out because it's important in democracy that we have as many people as possible involved. I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, What's next? No matter how the chips fall tonight, are you still going to be involved? Are you looking forward to representing Ward 6 and 7 on council tomorrow morning? Yes, if elected, absolutely. If not, I mean, I'm, I'm still finishing. I will be going back to school for my second degree in the fall, regardless. That would have been the plan anyway, um, in a part-time capacity if elected. But yeah, starting my second undergrad would be kind of the next uh, step, but always obviously being involved in politics and however I can. True. Um, I'm just going to pull up Ward 1 here because we're going to start talking about some of these results that are early coming in. Actually, let's start with 10 because that's where I'm from and I like talking about myself. (laughs) Ward 10, which is the uh, southern part of the northeast part of Calgary, which is weird to say. I'm just pulling it up right now. Andre Chabot, the former M, uh, former uh, counselor, is currently out with four polls reporting. And I know someone who is watching this right now is yelling at their screen saying, why are you only talking about four polls? But we have numbers, so I'm going to certainly talk about it. Uh, Abed Harb is running in second with 25 percent of the vote. Uh, Leslie Joseph for 3%. Tony Din is at 17%. So these numbers are coming in. And some of these writings uh, I'm looking at and I'm saying this is not shocking. This is not surprising for a lot of the candidates who I thought would be doing bad, doing good. But here we are. Um, Let's start with six and seven. Actually, let's let's talk about you for a second. Let's (laughs) let's go because the numbers are coming in. Yeah. I just want to go six and seven. There's so many things to look into here, you know? Yes. <laughs> like everyone is kind of like glued to the screens. At the moment. I think so, too. So I'm just going to pull me out and just bring back in here. So let's look at six and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Patricia Blogger? Bulger. Bulger yes. currently in a uh, lead with uh, yeah. just over a quarter of the polls yeah. uh, mm-hmm. reporting. How are you feeling? You know, 
it is what it is. Um, if there's still time, it's only 13 out of 52 polls that are being reported at the moment. But you know, Patricia, she did run the last time against Lisa Davis. So this is kind name of... Name recognition. Exactly. Name recognition. That is a huge part in politics, especially municipally. Um, I mean, it's quite tight otherwise with the with myself, Cheryl Munson, and Carter Thompson. So, I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the night. We will see what happens for sure. I'm just going back up here for a second. Oh, wow. There are some writings that I am shocked about. Uh, if you hear something in the background, that is because our third panelist of the night is slowly coming down and she is about to appear. There she is. Sorry, everyone. We are talking about numbers because they are slowly coming in. We have the first numbers and we are looking at them. Uh, there's going to be some interesting uh, conversations from campaigns today. But I, I want to start off. We just talked about Olga's writing of six and seven for school board. We talked about 10. But let's go up to one is the riding you live in, correct, Miss uh, Drever? I live in seven. You live in seven. I apologize. I apologize. Seven. Seven is the Aaron Waite, Terry Wong, Marilyn North Pagan. Right now, Terry Wong is in a lead with only 7% of the polls reporting. So that is roughly about a fourth of the polls reporting. Okay. He is in the lead with 440, uh, with 2,031 votes, 27% of the votes, with 444 votes lead over top of his next uh, uh, per, uh, challenger, which in this case, by looking at the numbers, would be Aaron Waite who is currently in second with 21% of the vote. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn is uh, in fourth with 14% of the vote. How are you feeling about this race right now? Ooh, it's tight. It's a tight race. Um, I mean... Tight race podcast, just, remember. Ta <laughs> I joke, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it looks like Terry's in the lead. Um, I honestly thought that Aaron um, had some high hopes. Uh she ran a pretty good campaign. I saw a lot of people supporting her. Um, so she's currently in second right now, and I think that she has a pretty good chance of uh, potentially um, coming up uh, first, so we'll see. That's true. Uh, out of the ones that we've already talked about, we did talk about uh, Ward 4, which was Sean Chu's riding. Currently, Sean Chu and DJ Kelly are neck and neck. Nine votes between the two candidates right now. Um, this is going to be, uh, if the, if these numbers hold yet again, two out of 30 polls reporting. So this is a very, very early people. So please do not take stock in this. Oh, we have eight now. Eight out of 30. Oh, okay. It just refreshed. So eight out of 30. Oh, eight out of 30. And DJ Kelly has taken a resounding lead of 632 votes. I, sorry, my, it just went back. So this is going to be a close race. This is yeah. going. This is going to be a close race. I thought it was going to be a close race, and I don't know where these eight polls are coming from. So please, 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 we are not going to make a guess or a prediction on who is going to win until we see at least half of the votes or the polls reporting. I do not want to uh, over exaggerate or give people hope where there might not be some because if these uh, polls that are currently coming in are coming in from areas that the candidates own neighborhood then it is what it is so i just want to make sure that people know that we are still waiting for numbers to come in let's talk about that mayoral race because that is the big one and with almost 
half the votes in. Jody Gondek, 45% of the votes. Wow. Pretty substantial. This could be a blowout. Yeah. We, it's still early, though. I have it, chills. It I is, have chills, everyone. <laughs> it is still early, like Olga said. It is still early. We still could see a big change, but 45% of the vote going to, uh, to Jody Gondek. This could be Calgary's most important election because a woman in the mayoral chair might happen tonight as women. I hate to play the women card every time I look at you guys, but that's what we're doing as women. What would that mean to you? Let's start with the Olga. Sure. I think I like how you're so like afraid to talk. Like no, that. no. I feel, I feel bad when I'm this. talking over. No, no, no. She <laughs> loves this. Go. No, I think um, it's important, you know, and she's a woman of color. I'm talking about that. Yeah. It's amazing, I think. It shows Calgary's more than just men. You know, we have a woman leading the city. That would be a huge change. I, I don't want to get optimistic because, I mean, things change. We still have half of the polls, more than half remaining. So mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I think it's really, it's telling so far. But, um, yeah, what do you think? Well, like I said, I think that Calgarians um, are progressive voters. I think that things have shifted over these years and uh, especially with you know our movement as women um, people are talking about you know more women entering politics especially women of color I think it's vital that we have proper representation not just you know a white male representing the entire city Um, we need to have all voices at the table and I believe that Jody Gonduck um, you know she ran a great campaign and uh, I'm you know, I'm very happy that she's in the lead right now. Uh, I think that she has a lot to offer to Calgary. Um, you know, we're, we had in the head Nancy for how many terms? Uh, four terms? Three terms. Three terms. And 11 years? Uh, 11 years as of today. Today would have been his, uh, he would have been heading into his 12th year as of today, but 11 wow. years. Well, you know, I want to take this opportunity to thank him yeah. for all of his hard work that he's done for our city. I think that he's... Uh, done so many good things, especially right now when during a pandemic, during an economic crisis, uh, during uh, a time where we have a provincial government that frankly is not looking out for the best interests of mm-hmm. Albertans. And so Calgary really has to step up in terms of things like uh, vaccine passports and a mask mandate and uh, ensuring that our small businesses stay in business and and that we have people working here because um, I know that so many people are struggling right now. And so I commend him for his work. And um, I think he should be proud for everything he's done for us. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, you know. Really agreed. Yeah, we have to thank him for definitely showing Calgary is it's different. It's not what everyone expects, you know, like I think with Nancy, he made a really big impact with Calgary and politics. Yeah. So from your perspective, as you were you were elected, like yeah, yeah, and I've met him many times. Um, I remember the first time I actually met him. Uh, I was in my first year of being an MLA. I was in the cafeteria at the legislature, and I was a bit starstruck actually because <laughs> I never met him before, and yeah. it's always you know a fun thing to meet your mayor. Um, and I remember him standing there, and I just introduced myself, and he said, "Oh, I know who you are." <laughs> And, you know, we had a really good conversation. And to be honest, like I mentioned before, there were certain candidates that 
I had a harder time communicating with. Um, they were harder to get a hold of. But Nenshi's office was always open. Mm -hmm. um, they've always, I, I never had an issue trying to get a hold of them. Um, and so I commend him for that. I think it's so important to have a, a mayor that's going to actually represent the people, be there for the people, especially when it comes to liaison with the provincial government and the federal government because there's so many uh, layers on that, on proper funding, for example, the Green Line, yep. um, which is important for Calgarians. And, and you know, our, our city's expanding all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, these topics are important. Agreed. Yeah. I I am shocked right now that we are 46 minutes into this and we are potentially on the cusp of electing our first female leader of this city. And when we started this year on January 1st, I would not have predicted that. I would not have put Jody Gondek in that mayoral chair. But she has run a fantastic campaign. Uh, I think a lot of people thought uh, Jeremy Farkas would be the next leader after Nahid Nenshi. But uh, I guess the anti-Nenshi vote didn't show up today. Or it still could. It still could show up. There, It is a wide gap to have to close uh, of over 16%. That is a wide margin to close with over just over half the vote still outstanding. But it is possible if it does break all their way. And it all depends on where it's coming from. Are these numbers coming from the north, the south, the east, the west? Where are they coming from? So we are we are in uncharted territories, but it looks like uh, Jeff Davison will be looking for a new job tomorrow morning. Uh, with only 14% of the with with 14 of the votes right now, we can say that Jeff Davison will not be our mayor tomorrow morning. Uh, it comes down to Jody Gondek and Jeremy Farkas, but it looks like, with all word of a lie, uh, Jody Gondek will be the next mayor of the city of Calgary. Mm -hmm. But we are not here to talk about the mayors. We're here to talk about the ridings. Uh, ward 1. You have family up in Ward 1? Sonia Sharp is out to a massive lead with over 41% of the vote, 12 vote, 12 polling stations in. Um, these are looking like bigger margins than I think a lot of people were expecting, especially yeah. in Ward 1. Steve Webb was running a good campaign. Mm -hmm. Sonia Sharp was uh, backed by the... Uh, Look Forward campaign, which uh, people tried to make a, a wave out of that in the last few days of the campaign, but here we are. Oh, we just, Sorry, yeah. just came, I don't mean to interrupt, but the check mark just came for Sonia Sharp. So oh, I was going to say more too. Um, but, I mean, I will speak to Steve oh, as yeah. well. So, so which before we talk, who are you talking about? Which Are you on CTV? I'm on um, Global News. Okay. I'm looking at the Calgary election numbers. So. <laughs> okay. okay. So, Sonia Sharp has been elected as, or has been declared the winner by Global News in the city of Calgary for the, pro, uh, so, Ward Sutherland is now being replaced by, 
a woman. Sonia Sharp was a city administrator for the city of, we'll talk about Ward 2 here in a second, but she was a city administrator. Uh, she came on the show. She talked, she did the debate. Uh, she ran a fantastic campaign. I give her, I, I wish her the best of luck in the future endeavors. So Ward 1 has officially been called for Sonia Sharp. Sonia, uh, Councillor-elect Sharp, I should say now, will be heading to City Hall tomorrow morning to talk about politics. So that is our first Pick up for women in go. the city. We have a second. We have a second now. Ward 2, Jennifer Winus. Jennifer Winus has now officially been declared the winner of Ward 2. Joel Megleoka, the incumbent city councillor, has gone down in defeat. This is a switch of two male seats yeah. to female seats. This is going to be a good night for women. Yes, the, I think I'm so. excited, Chris. I am excited. <laughs> the Ask Her campaign is out in full force, and yeah. if this shows us anything, and we're going to be going to a break here soon just so I can get some water because my voice is getting hoarse, but... Wow. I, I'm... I am shocked that Joe Maglioka is going down so hard in defeat. With 48% of the votes in right now, Jennifer Wyness is out in front with Kim coming in second. Councillor-elect Wyness is now heading to City Hall with Sonia uh, Councillor-elect Sharp. We are looking at a new Calgary today, and Absolutely. here we are. Uh, Ward 3 is still uh, being a little too close. Can we look at um, trustees? We can certainly look at trustees. I haven't even looked at the numbers yet. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk about the fluoride debate. All right. Okay. 61% of the people who have voted so far want fluoride back in their water. So uh, most of the candidates said that whatever the voters wanted, they would vote for. So it looks like fluoride is going to be back introduced into our water. Uh, we are still early, but here we are. So let's talk about the public school trustees. So let's, as we've talked about beforehand, let's talk about six and seven. We have another elected person. Who's elected? Um, Peter DeMong. Ward 14, Peter DeMong is back in power. (laughs) As we said before the break, I'm pretty sure uh, no one... And I repeat, no one was expecting that to go anywhere anywhere else yeah. but Peter DeMong. 92% of our survey respondents said that he would be cruising for a victory. So. 63% of con- the vote. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Councillor-elect Councillor DeMong. Greatly appreciate it. And again, thank you so much for understanding about our debate. I appreciate you. And enjoy the next four years with two new councillors, Councillor-elect Wyness and Councillor-elect Sharp. So here we are. Ward 5 and 10, which is the current ward that we are living in, that I'm currently living in, not you two, because you don't live in this riding. <laughs> Marilyn Dennis is out in front right now with 30% of the vote, with just over 12 uh, votes, of 12 polls uh, uh, left out. So it looks as though, because the vote split is so large in a lot of directions, that Marilyn Dennis will be elected. She will be heading back. She is the chair of the Calgary Board of Education. She will be heading back to uh, uh, the Calgary Board of Education tomorrow to talk about schools and school board trustees. Is there other wards that you want to talk about? Yes. I really want to talk about three and four. Um, Laura Hack. Full disclosure, I will say Laura Hack 
is someone I know. Laura Hack um, was on the show. She's a great candidate. She is going to be historic if she wins. She'll be the first to unseat an incumbent in the school board. And it's looking like that will happen. It looks like that will be happening. And she will be the first cross-border interview. Oh, no. No, Jennifer Winus was. Oh, I, I'm good so far. Jennifer Winus, man, look at that. Chris Brown knows how to pick. There you go. Jody Gondek was our first guest. So there you go. We love you. We okay. love you. No, it's okay. I think, honestly, like, to speak to that with Patricia Bolger, I mean, it's fantastic because I know she's against the curriculum, so I think that's the number one thing. We need a board that's going to stand up to this provincial government. Let's we talk about really eight and that. nine for a second. That's a very interesting one right now. David yeah. Barrett was our last guest on the show. Uh, Susan Vukadinovic uh, was also. We are waiting to hear if she's going to come on the show, and then we're going to take a brief break here. But... This is close. 412 votes, and we have less than 14 polls still outstanding. Yet again, I don't know where they're from, so it could swing either way. But it looks like we could have a recount if it's really close. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in a few hours. Did, oh, I, I, you just had a smile on your face, so I'm assuming no, something else. Just, someone else no, just got declared? No, 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 no. I'm just a happy person. I'm just looking because it's really interesting. Like uh, The other one that I'm 90% sure I can call right now, even with over just over half the percentage, uh, Ward 11 and 13, yes. Miss Nancy Close, who was the education uh, advisor to Mayor Nahid Nenshi. Nahid Nenshi on our show endorsed uh, Nancy Close for today's election. It looks like Nancy will be going back to her old job in the school board election, school board trustee position. Yes. It's being declared by CBC that Jody, or Jody Gondek, sorry, will be Calgary's next mayor. You heard it here. Breaking news. There you go. Jody Gondek, uh, the city of Calgary has officially elected its first female. It's looking that way. First female mayor. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Nenshi is probably very happy today. Jeremy Farkas is not probably happy today. He ran a tight campaign to try and win, and it looks like he didn't pull it out. Um, what does this say that we are uh, we are willing to elect progressives to the mayor's chair, but when it comes to federal politics, we are still stuck in the idea that we have to vote conservative that let's start with deborah because a question that has been <laughs> on my mind for so long it's something that i i mean maybe it's the type of voters that vote federally opposed to municipal uh it's hard Alberta historically has been more conservative when it comes to federal politics um you know that roots back to uh the hatred uh, towards ottawa um but I think that, um, you know, Calgary, as I mentioned a few times, I think things are changing. People's opinions are changing, and um, we're moving more to a a progressive uh, thought pattern, and I think that it's important that um, we have, like I said, those voices at the table. So I would like to congratulate, uh, well, you know, I don't know, it's not official yet, but... um, I would like to congratulate the new uh, mayor and Jody Gondek. I want to take a moment right now and say this. Councillor John Carlo Cora is currently in second place. Yeah. I was about to say that. John Carlo Cora is currently uh, 
being uh, Naomi Withers is currently in the lead with 183 votes. This is big. If John Carlo Carra, as we talked about, he was expected to win re-election. If this happens with nine people running, I have a thing to say. Go ahead. So I'm kind of surprised with Ward 13 with what's happening there right now. Um, we have Dan McLean. Dan McLean, uh, potentially defeating incumbent uh, councillor Diane uh, Collier Urquhart. Urquhart has been in power since early 2000s, almost as long as Drew Farrell. But it does not look good for her because she is running in third right now. And if there was ever a need to have a Jeremy Farkas against a Jody Gondek, a Jeremy Farkas to Nahid Nenshi, it would be Dan McLean to Jody Gondek. Jody Gondek. Or Dan McLean is a conservative. I think he is very much in the conservative camp. Mm-hmm. Mr. McLean, if elected, he will be the conservative voice on that council tomorrow uh, on Monday morning. And I give credit where credit is due because he did run a fantastic campaign. He was able to win and talk, and he's he's pledged to run two campaigns and only two campaigns, but. We will see what happens in eight years if, or four years if he decides to continue on. Yeah, yeah. Evan Spencer, former assistant to Councillor Keating in Ward 12, is looking uh, like he is going to be up for uh, winning re-election. Uh, or up, he will be winning election. He'll be taking over his old boss's job. So that will be interesting to see. In Ward 11, this is the ward that I wanted, I've been paying attention to mostly. Courtney Brannigan looks like she could be heading to City Hall. Uh, Rob Ward, which this is Jeremy Farkas's old riding. Mm-hmm. Rob Ward is well-liked. Courtney Brannigan, for those who follow my Twitter, actually came to this house this afternoon. So she took a personal day. She she decided that that's how she was going to do the election day. And she came here and she dropped off a sign. And it's right behind Olga's head right now. And I appreciated that. And we had a great conversation. And I wish her the best. If, she, if these numbers hold with 10 polls still outstanding, it could be a potential good night for Courtney Brannigan. So good luck, Courtney. Yeah, Ward 11 is really interesting, you know, because... Former Farkas writing and also from Brian Peacock writing. Oh, yes, so. that's true too. Right. It's very interesting how it kind of, I guess, goes back and forth. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, there, there's so many. Like, I'm just glued yeah. to this looking at the results. Me too. Where exactly is Ward 11? Sorry, I'm not familiar with that. Um, uh, I want to say take six. You know how six goes like a weird corner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like literally south. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, Cranston, no. yep. like, Mahogany, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You have Acadia, Bayview, Bel Air, uh, Beltline, Brayside, Britannia, Cedar Park. I'm not going to go through all the okay. names, but um, you do have a lot. You do have um, places like Windsor Park, Rideau Park, Mayfair, Kingsland, Lakeview, that kind of area. That's, that's pretty, uh, yeah, it's a big area. Yeah, especially yeah. having like the contrast between the Beltline and the like, Acadia. Yeah, yeah. So, so interesting. So I wanna I wanna take a moment here because this is the fun part. Let's talk about the Senate election for a second because these <laughs> these numbers are out. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I, I need to find 
the, they're, on the, they're, they're on the uh, Calgary alone. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's now. the. I'm on the official results. They're on the competitors' uh, numbers. So I apologize for them talking about CBC and Global because they only need to talk about the Cross Border Interview podcast. No, I have it here. I have the. If anyone's here, hold on. Let me. And I'm currently looking at Lethbridge. Sorry, I was looking at Lethbridge too. Okay, well, we have Pam Davidson. Pam Davison is currently leading with 19%. So Pam Davison, if you do not know, she is a conservative-backed uh, Senate candidate. Same as Erica Baruts. And if there's another one, I forget his name. I think it's Rick Bonnet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Nahid Nenshi said that you should go out and vote for Chad Jet Thunder Saunders. And he is currently with 4% of the votes cast in the city of Calgary. Um, let's be honest, I, I, I will say this until the day that the world ends, that this election means nothing. Justin Trudeau does not, does not need to appoint anyone that has been elected in this race. He should, but he does not have the, constitutionally, he does not have to follow anything that this election says. Can I ask me something? Sorry. Um, I'm, it's interesting here, looking at, um, with the daylight savings time. Oh, are we in that one too? I do have that here. We have 47% voting yes, 53 voting no. I am, you know what's shocking? Looking at this equalization question. Yeah. I was not surprised, I am surprised that it's this close. I am too. With 58% of the vote to 42% of the vote. This is a bad night for Jason Kenney. This number should have been higher. This number should have been in the seventies. You know. Uh -oh. Yeah. What did you? What, what just? No, I just got a text from a friend that CTV is declaring um, Sohi will win in Edmonton. Oh. oh. Amarjeet Sohi, former national minister, uh, national resource minister, will be going back to City Hall in Edmonton. If you remember, before jumping into federal politics in 2015, Amarjeet Sohi was the counselor for Edmonton Millwoods. He was there, at, uh, I think it was Ward 11. I apologize to my listeners who were listening and saying, that was Ward 8. Um, uh, as you can tell, that I'm. <laughs> this is one of those days. Um, Susan has just said that she is unable to attend because she is in Noth right now, which is understandable. Her running is so close. It has not been called. So I want to say this. Uh, we're going to take a brief 15-minute recess just so that way I can get water so I can, I'm not dying of uh, thirst here. And uh, I'm assuming my guests here need to go walk the dog. Uh, they need to just go take a fresh breath air outside for a few seconds we're going to come back with some results we're going to come back with some more interesting conversation this is shaping up to be a fun night and we are only in hour two of this and we got another hour and a half left to go so everyone thank you so much for tuning in we will be back at 9 20 uh please come back and uh be with us so thanks so much and we'll be back
Welcome back. Uh, thank you for indulging us on our quick break there. We just had to go grab water, walk the dog, get some fresh air, because we are in for the long haul now. We have some breaking news that we want to bring you right now. Ward 13 counselor for 20 years, Diane Urquhart Collier, is going down in defeat tonight. She is not heading back to City Hall tomorrow morning. Well, she is, but to hand in her passes, because Dan McLean, the conservative challenger in Ward 13, will be taking over that role tomorrow morning. And on Monday, he will be sworn in as the new councillor for Ward 13. Peter DeMong in Ward 14 will be heading back to council as well. And he will be another term councillor. I apologize right now because we have dogs in the background and it is just one of those things that we need to do. In Ward 12, Evan Spencer, the former assistant to the uh, incumbent councillor Shane Keating, he is going to be the new uh, counselor. He's taking for over from his boss. So that is going to be another pick for the progressives. Ward 6, Richard Pootsman is back in council after a four-year hiatus, four-year retirement. He's back in uh, council, defeating challenger Lana Bentley. Lana ran a great campaign, but here we are. And uh, Ward 2 and Ward 1, we had already called. Jennifer Wyness for Ward 2, defeating Joe Maglioka. And Ward 1, Sonia Sharp will be replacing outgoing Ward Sutherland as their counselor. So, we have two, four... Six, eight more seats to call before this thing is over. I can tell you that we are still heading into a great unknown because as of t Monday morning, the city of Calgary will be run by Jody Gondek, current incumbent Ward 3 councillor, newly mayoral elect Jody Gondek, first female to run a, the city of Calgary. Um, looking at these results, any surprises so far from any one of you? Let's start with Deborah. You know, um, I was on the fence about this one. Um, I had a feeling that she might win, but I also, I knew that it was neck and neck with Farkas um, and Jordi Gondak. So uh, I'm pleasantly surprised that we now have a woman of color, uh, you know, first woman of color uh, in the history of, uh, you know, our, our city to lead um, as mayor. So I would like to congratulate her in her new role. I think she's going to do great things, and um, I'm looking forward to see what uh, her first day in office will look like. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. You know, I think it's such an interesting election. There's a lot of surprises that we're seeing. Absolutely. The fact that John Carlo Cora is in such a tight race mm -hmm. tells me that I think a lot of polls, you never believe polls because polls always, if we had polls, we'd be heading to a, a liberal majority government and we have a minority government right now. This is going to be an interesting four years. Agreed. I mean, I'm looking right now at um, Ward 9 and they have 33 out of 34 polls and Giancarlo is only leading by 492 votes. And it all depends on where that vote is coming from, right? Mm -hmm. If that vote is coming from a good John Carlo area, then he could potentially be running for, uh, going back to re-election. But as of right now, as of 927 on Monday night, the only incumbent that is returning to office tomorrow morning, besides Jody Gondek, but she has a new job, so she's not really an incumbent. She is a newly elected mayor, is Peter DeMong. This, if if there was ever a time when politics is going to be done differently, 
the next four years. This, I, 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 I hate to reference this, but this is 2015 all over again. This is waking up and realizing that the NDP have been just elected to the province of Alberta. Yeah. What's going on? Like you were in this position. There's, <laughs> oh. what's go like? Take me through your process the morning after you were elected, because I, outside of things that happened, but, <laughs> but that night you are now put the weight of your city, your province on your shoulders. What are these people thinking right now? Who are now going to the halls of power? You know, it, it's such a humbling experience, um, especially for someone who never ran before uh, and was not predicted to win. Um, yeah, for me, it was quite the shock, but I did um, go to the doors. I did have a, you know, a DIY campaign team. Uh, we did our best and, you know, the results favored in my way. But yeah, it, it definitely is uh, exciting, um, a little bit you know, anxiety written um, because this is a new role for me. Well, it was for me at the time, and I wasn't totally sure what to expect, but, um, you know, I was pleasantly surprised, and I think that a lot of these candidates were going to have a brand new council except for one incumbent so far. So, um, <laughs> so far, exactly. So far. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, I think it's good to have change, to have the same councillors over and over again, the same mayor over and over again um yeah it can get stale uh, so is this a referendum on jason kenny jeremy farkas jeremy farkas was the jason the the conservative candidate in this election jody gondek well her politics has been very fluid i i i use that word lightly she was she ran against jason kenny she ran against Jason Kenney hard that she was going to basically ask for a better deal from Jason Kenney, which he has done to J uh, Justin Trudeau. Is this an indictment on Jason Kenney? Because Amarjeet Sohi, liberal, liberal, has been elected the leader of Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Jody Gondek, woman of color, has been elected leader of Calgary. Two of the biggest cities are now represented by people of color. Is this a was it, this has to be an indictment on Jason Kenny at the end of the day? One hundred percent. And seeing thank you for saying that. And seeing as that I'm for sure not going to get elected tonight, which we can talk about that after. Um, I will speak a bit more freely on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is in that regard because I mean, just look at this. People were expecting Jeremy Farkas to win. And to be fair, I thought he was going to win as well. He was not the person that I voted for. Um, and you know what? This is a good surprise. Oh, yeah. Is I, mean, at least I, I think that. But I think anyway. for the majority of Calgarians, this is a good surprise considering yeah. the numbers we're seeing right now. 100%. Yeah. This is, I, I, like, I feel like for the next hour, just going to be like, what the hell? What, what happened? What is going on? My computer screen literally just blacked out, so I can't even tell you what's happening. <laughs> this is how, this, this is this is energy 101, so I'm just yeah. going to. I'm telling you, it's election day. It's weird. It's weird election day, so I'm just going to throw it over to the guest here for a second to talk about uh, some more school board results here. So just dive into that a little bit while I try to figure out my screen here. I will. candidate my family lives in ward one so i know they voted for her and they took a sign for her as well um no she was a great candidate as well she's leading with a huge majority so congrats to her congrats. three and four this i am the most happy about because laura hack is the first candidate to unseat an incumbent in the school board and you know what 
she deserves that. She has worked so hard on her campaign from what I've been seeing, and she will be a great advocate for public education, which yeah, is what we need. I agree, and I'm, I had the pleasure of meeting Laura Hack, and I know how hard she worked mm-hmm. in that campaign. Uh, she was on the doors every day. Uh, non-stop. Didn't take one day off. So, um, you know, congratulations to her. Yeah. Now we're looking at 5 and 10. We have Marilyn Dennis in the lead, uh, chair of the board. She is winning, which good for her as well. It's a huge like, amount of candidates running in 5 and 10. In the lead. And you know what? Obviously, I am sad that I'm not winning. But, you know, good for her because I know she's against the curriculum and I know she'll keep the government to account. Then we have an eight and nine, which is so close with Susan and David. Um, very, very, very close. Very close will have there. Eleven and thirteen, we're gonna have Nancy Close, most likely. Um, Twelve and fourteen, we'll have Charlene May. From what it's looking like right now, which also great. Yeah. So it's a. I'm happy that hopefully we will have a progressive board who will stand to this government about this draft curriculum because this is, it's garbage. I agree. I think that it's time that we have, you know, uh, candidates who are going to sit as uh, school board trustees who are going to stand up against this curriculum and make sure it's done right. Um, now, I believe that we just got another elected uh, candidate in War 12. Did we announce Evan Spencer has already been declared as the winner, so... Yes, good old Ward 12. We are we are all watching different programs right now, so that way we can bring you the latest and greatest uh, news as it happens. Um, let's dive into the mayor's race a little bit, because um, third place, Jeff Davison. I just want to make sure that I'm doing the math here correctly, if I'm not missing anyone. Zane Novak, 1%. Jan Damery, 2%. Bradfield, 5%. It truly was a uh, two-horse race this whole election, wasn't it? They're, they did not get out of the uh, race, and here we are. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there was definitely the discussion uh, amongst candidates that it shouldn't be a two-horse race in this. And I, I sympathize with that wholeheartedly. I do get it. But, I mean, now we're seeing that this was actually the reality, and you know what? I think... Having Jody go on deck is going to be a big change and a change for the better. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. I am um, a bit shocked that Kevin J. Johnston got uh, 0.42% of the vote. Um, I thought he would have got more, to be honest. So, um, just to break in, uh, Jasmine Main, a Ward 3 councillor, has just been declared the winner. Jasmine Main, former Olympian, is heading to City Hall. Hopefully she can take some of that Olympian uh, spirit and take it to City Hall. So, just, just to recap right now, we are currently sitting on four women elected. Four men elected. We are half and half on this uh, city as I don't know what to say, but Jasmine Main becomes the fourth woman elected. This is more women elected than last election and ever that we have ever seen. Yeah. I'm so happy. And she's a woman of color, too. Yep. Fantastic. Well, well I, did, did you want to speak to that? that? Because you said on, um, what was it called? Sorry, the YYC BLM. Yeah, yeah, the Black Lives Matter. Yes, so they did have a panel 
for um, Women of Color candidates as I was on there. Uh, Jasmine was not on there, but we did have a bunch of other really great candidates who did show up. But yeah, I'm not sure if Chris wants to take over us a look on. No, I, I just want to just break in as well. Ward sure. 5 is now uh, 30 out of 30 polls have been uh, counted. Raj Diwali is heading to City Hall. Uh, I had the pleasure of sitting down and talking to Raj over the last few uh, months in my shows, and I wish him the best on uh, on Monday when he gets sworn in as the new incumbent, new councillor elect for Ward Five, taking over for current federal MP George Chahal. Raj Diwali, congratulations to your uh, on your election. And I'm just looking at the numbers, and it looks like those are the only one. But out of 28 out of 28 polls currently reporting in Ward 10, Andre Chabot, it looks like he will be heading back to City Hall as well with Richard Pootsman. So Richard and Andre will be the old guys on the block with uh, uh, Peter DeMong. But we do have some returning names, and people in the Halls of Power will know these people. So... Uh, it looks, uh, with all polls reporting, uh, there still could be some numbers trickling in, but with a 5% vote lead, it looks like Andre Chabot is going to be the next counselor. And I'm, I'm going to predict it right now. I'm going to say the C- cross-border interview podcast declares that it is officially elected. Yeah, I mean, we're getting down to the wire here for a lot of these uh, yep. awards. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ward 8 right now, we're at 33 out of 35 polls. Uh, Courtney Walcott in the lead by 31%. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tight race. This is this. There are poll. There are elections that are. There, there are wards right now that are currently outstanding that it could sway. But looking at the vote gap, looking at how many polls are outstanding still, I don't think it could potentially sway. Take seven, for example. Terry Wong currently has a 5% lead, which is roughly about 600 votes. Three polls are outstanding. That is a large gap to close within the next three polls. If it's uh, splitting the way that it is, because with Aaron Waite and Heather McRae both taking 21% of the vote, I could potentially see this as a Terry Wong walk away, and Terry Wong has run a few times before. It looks like he will be heading to the halls of power tomorrow morning or Monday morning. Maryland North Pagan, 14%. So here we are. We are. Um, I saw another poll here. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Ward, uh, Ward 9, 33 out of 34, and John Carlos is still in the lead. So, um, John Carlo is still holding on. I think that it's safe to say that he might be. He might be heading back to. He, I would, uh, with it being, this is going to be a fun night. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Chu is still leading, though. He has now opened up a 3% lead, 500 votes over his closest challenger, Daniel, uh, DJ Kelly. Uh, I, I hate saying this. Anyone who's listened to the show, and literally we just talked to Jan Damry about it, you know that I hate strategic voting. I hate it with a passion. You vote for the person you you want at the end of the day. Angela McIntyre in Ward 4 is taking 12% of the vote right now. She is a progressive. She is on the progressive side of the political spectrum, just like DJ Kelly. Sean Chu, if he wins tonight, it's going to be a very close margin. 
Does DJ does DJ Kelly wake up tomorrow morning and have a hate out for Angela McIntyre, or is it just the way our politics is? It is how it is, and we are now electing someone who has been accused of sexually assaulting a 16-year-old girl. We know that's not the first time that happens in politics. Happened federal election. <laughs> I, I am still flabbergasted that I'm even looking at that number, and it's that close. Yeah, it upsets me, to be honest with you. Yeah. It is sad. It is a sad state of affairs that a man like Sean Chu, as uh, I don't know him, I've never met him, but anyone who's accused of that should just walk away. Yeah, I agree. Tomorrow um, morning, please just walk away. You were correct about Andre Chabot. He is now being declared the winner. Look at that. Cross-border interview podcast had it first for Ward 10. Andre Chabot is heading back to the seat of power with Richard Putinsman and Peter DeMong. We got Peter, Andre, and I feel like this is like Peter, Paul, and Mary. (laughs) Peter, Paul, and Richard are back in the power. Oh, God. We... What a night. What? what? <laughs> and we're not even done. Um, let's let's look around the city. So as you guys talk about, um, uh, are we talking Lethbridge now, or do you want to wait a few minutes? Or? Okay, well, when we look at Lethbridge, we have 9 out of the 17 voting locations reported. Okay. So I think we still have a ways to go there. Okay, so they're still, they're, they're trickling in. They're not doing as well as they should be. Yeah. Okay. Might I mention something a little bit just different, but something I think interesting to bring up? So, um, I'm on the Look Forward Calgary website right now, and it's fascinating to me because a lot of those candidates have won that were endorsed by that... um, That pack? Yeah. So does union money matter? $1.4 million in unions were doled out to Jody Gondek, Sonia Sharp, Jennifer Wynas, Jasmine Main, Raj Dewal. Evan Spencer. 100%. Because look here, we have Denver Linus with Jasmine Yan, DJ Kelly, Raj Dhaliwal, Lana Bentley, Marilyn North Hagen, Courtney Wolcott, Giancarlo Cara, Abed Harb, Courtney Brannigan, Evan Spencer, and Jay Unsworth. Mm-hmm. I mean, without Jennifer Linus, Jasmine Yan, Raj Dhaliwal, um, and Courtney Wolcott is also currently in the lead, and Giancarlo is currently in the lead, Evan Spencer. So quite a few of them won or are winning. Well, that's interesting. I believe Courtney Brown too in the face at her. But, yeah, I don't know, this is certainly interesting. What do you think? Uh, no, I think that uh, there is some truth to that, that, you know, union money does have an influence. Um, but, um... <laughs> Sorry, there's a dog barking in my ear. Yeah, I apologize, everyone. I'm just trying to get my husband's attention to get the dog, so that way he, we can stop hearing the uh, background noise of him being so upset that a certain counselor didn't win or a certain person didn't get elected tonight. She, she just wants she wants to come and visit you. That's all it is. Um, yeah, I apologize immensely for that. Uh, I did take myself off the, the screen there for a second because I'm just looking around the province as well because I'm going up to my old neck of the woods seeing if the people of uh, uh, the Town of Slave Lake have uh, elected their leader, but they haven't because, you know, their communications person got fired and, you know, 
he did a great job of actually putting out information on election day and here we are on election day and the only post that they did was 12 hours ago so I shouldn't it say looks that. looks like um, for Cochrane, their mayor has been acclaimed. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Cochrane has acclaimed their mayor. Jeff Genung. Oh, I'm so sorry. I should... So, what about uh, Banff? Because uh, yeah. the current mayor is currently going off to sit in the Senate, which many expect Don Iverson and Nahid Nenshi to be doing as well in a few minutes. But uh, have they released their election result in Banff? With It looks like they have. Uh, Corey DeMaio is heading back uh, because she was the interim mayor uh, after Karen Sorensen left. She is unofficially elected the leader, uh, the next mayor of Banff. Uh, we are we are seeing women take over. Good. We are seeing. I want to let's go. Let's go down to Okotoks because that's another one that uh, a candidate who has been on the show before, Tanya Thorne, w- announced that she was running for mayor. Uh, probably just before the election, um, their current mayor had passed away, so it was a uh, um, it was an open seat. But as of right now, on their website, the Okotoks website, they have not announced any official results. So we are still waiting to hear from that. Tonya Thorne uh, is potentially heading to the mayor's chair on that one. If she does, she has promised to come back on the show. So I'm holding that to you, Tonya. So here we are. And the other one is Innisfil. Uh, she is, uh, there's a councillor there who is running for election. Uh, for mayor, again, women are running for mayor and they're getting elected. So we do not see any information. I do not see any information on their website. Well, results. Courtney Walcott has been declared the winner for Ward 8. Courtney Walcott. taking Courtney Walcott, the uh, teacher turned politician, the now... Uh, Councillor-elect Walcott will be heading to the uh, uh, place of power, taking over from Evan Woolley, who endorsed him earlier at the end of the advanced voting. So Courtney Walcott will be part of the next city council. I can say the town of Innisfil has elected Jean Barclay, a woman, to be their next mayor as well. Women are... Women are doing it for themselves, and I give credit where credit's due. What about the ward races in Edmonton? Do we have any results there? Aaron Paquette has been declared. Uh, Aaron, so, congratulations. Good for him. Uh, what about Papastow? Papastow is the riding that Krista uh, Goa, who came on the show, talked about uh, her campaign, how she's doing. I want to know how she's doing, but... It looks like women are... So right now we are sitting at a one, two, three... Papasto. Nope, we have Michael Jans. Is it declared winner? Declared the winner. Okay. Kirsten, Kirsten Goa is, was in second place. By close margin? No, um, so Chris... Uh, sorry, Michael won with 40.68% of the vote. Okay. And Kirsten with 19.88. So, uh... There is some blood between those two candidates that uh, the uh, 
that spilled over in the provincial politics realm of the arena. So I, uh, uh, Kristen, I, I love her. She's a great candidate. I, I wish her the best of luck in the next, uh, in the future, but congratulations to Michael, the next council elect for, uh, Papastome. Back here in Edmonton, or in Edmonton, back here in Calgary, we are still waiting on numbers. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, last minute counting or what, but we are still waiting for numbers to come out. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten out of 14, 11 out of 15 declared elected in the city of Calgary. Uh, we are still waiting for Ward 11, Ward 9, Ward 7, and Ward 4. These are going to be close races throughout the night, but let's let's go back down to the equalization here, the two other referendum questions. So, Daylight Saving Times, let's start with that one first. It looks like we are heading, at least in Calgary, the province could change, and the, the farmers of this province could say, no, we want to stick to one time zone. But it looks like 51 to 49%. We will be turning back our clocks here in a few weeks or next month, next year. <laughs> so here we are. And then uh, the official referendum on equalization. This was a hot button topic for a lot of candidates, a lot of federal or po provincial politicians, I should say, uh, with just over just under 60 60% uh, of the vote uh, it looks like calgary is up for negotiation negotiate negotiate <laughs> negotiations with the federal government when it comes to uh, equalization so here we are this is a new world we're going to be living in and if it wasn't a waste of money to do these things i would say they are but they are <laughs> especially those and i have to say you know for that equalization payments it doesn't only affect Alberta, but it affects our entire country. Um, and I think that it's been a hot, what's the word, um, clickbait almost, where people see, oh, equalization, oh, no, we don't want that, because screw Ottawa. Well, it's more than that. Um, we want to ensure that we have an equitable a country that we're helping, you know, especially now when we're in a pandemic and we're reaching out to other provinces for their assistance, um, you know, it only makes sense that we continue with these equalization payments to ensure that we have uh, the help that we need as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just been highly uh, politicized and um, it's a shame, you know, I think that it's a conversation that is much needed um, and I think there needs to be more education around it. I agree wholeheartedly on that one. I'm just looking through it. Uh, the other ones, it looks like Donna Downey is heading to uh, the school board trustee as Ward 1 and 2. Looks like, as we said, Laura Hack has defeated incumbent uh, Althea Adams uh, to win her seat. Uh, uh, if you haven't already, uh, go check out our interview with Laura. It was a great interview and a great conversation. Uh, Marilyn Dennis, which is always weird to me because there's a reporter who's named Marilyn Dennis, and I always think that when I see when I see the signs, I'm like, hey, there's a oh, that's a school board trustee. Marilyn Dennis looks like she's going to be heading back to uh, uh, city uh, Cal Board of Education as well. Patricia Bolger is heading to uh, the Calgary Board of Education as Ward Six and Seven. Um, and Susan Vukadinovich is still in a tight race against David Barrett. I had both of these uh, candidates on the show. 
Uh, with just under 500 votes separating the two of them right now, this could be potentially going to a recount because it is so close. Usually an automatic recount within less than 1%, but I'm not sure exactly if that's... Oh, the numbers just got a little bit closer, so <laughs> they are getting uh, close to the point. And Nancy Close is back in her job good for her i appreciate her she's coming back on the show i love her she had a we had a great conversation between her and i and charlene may charlene may looks like she is heading to city hall uh, the calgary board of education as well sorry to interrupt we have breaking news giancarlo cara has been elected giancarlo how many incumbents do we have so far we have two incumbents now <laughs> And out, so we have two out of four. So the only one we're waiting for now is Ward 4, Sean Chu. Will he be reelected? Will he be defeated by DJ Kelly? We will wait and see, John Carlo Cora. So let's talk about that right now. So we now are looking more men on this board, on this council, but we do have a better representation of women on this council as well. We we still have a chance to have Ward 7, Ward 11, and Ward 4 still go to women, but it looks like Ward 4 is going to be a man. Ward 7 could be anyone, and Courtney Brannigan is still holding out a lead that has been there since the beginning of this campaign, and with only one poll remaining, it looks like Courtney Brannigan will probably be the next city councillor for Ward 11, taking over for Jeremy Farkas. Uh, many expected Rob Ward to be the heir apparent to Jeremy Farkas. He, they align themselves quite closely, but here we are. I want to take a moment and say to Ward 11 residents, you had uh, a lot of great candidates running in this election. There's two that I want to point out directly right now. Courtney Brannigan and Lauren Herschel. They have been fantastic. Their social media game, their dedication to the city has been top notch so i appreciate everything that those two women have done uh running in a group of men is not always the easiest thing to do i am a man so i can't i cannot uh, uh could like relate yes my privilege is showing but here we are five is raj diwali diwali yeah no, I probably have pronounced it wrong as well. So we are now three seats away from this thing being over. <laughs> ten months. Ten months. January 1st, 2021. This campaign unofficially kicked off. And we have been sitting here for the last ten months waiting for candidates. And truly, the election didn't start until the federal election was done on September 20th, uh, which was the day of the nominations being closed. So we have literally spent the last 10 months, and uh, we have a new council. I, I have to say that. We are, we are in some uncharted territories. So John Carlo, Peter DeMong, only two returning councillors so far. Joe Maglioka has gone down in defeat. Diane Urquhart Collier has gone down in defeat to Dan McLean. Uh, Jennifer Wyness ran in 2017 in Ward 2. She has picked up the seat from Joe Maglioka. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. 
It's uh, what I, I know. We're still waiting for results, and I've asked this a few times, but I'm gonna ask. Keep on asking. What's next? What does what does Jody Gondek have to do tomorrow morning? And that's my thing. Like, I'm looking at these numbers. I'm going, okay, I don't know either. I'm thinking, personally, what's Jeremy Park is going to do tomorrow? Pick up his signs? <laughs> As most candidates will. Um, yeah, that's a whole other... Well, I think, um, I think she's going to rest a little bit. Um, it's been a long election. Um, but, you know, when we start... What's the official when she gets sworn in? Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Monday morning. Monday morning. Nahid Nenshi is no longer mayor of the great city of Calgary. Yeah. It's a complete... So I, the only reason I know that is because I had a candidate here this morning and she took me through the uh, uh, the like the who's, what, where, when's, why's. And so tomorrow they go and they get their credentials all sorted out through City Hall. Uh, to Wednesday, Thursday, they have orientation. Friday, they have orientation as well, but it's more in depth, and, uh, uh, more in depth. And then Monday morning, nine o'clock, they are sworn in as the next council, and they have a budget to pass within three to four weeks. Wow! Yeah. A brand new council. Yeah, a brand new, brand new council with four people who know the halls of power. Two that have been out of politics for four months, so it, four years, so it's going to be a complete new game change for them. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just going to throw it over to you guys for a second while I check something. So if you want to talk about what... Well, currently, Sean Chu is in the lead by a bit more now. He is leading by 1,135 votes. Um, and they have 27 out of 30 uh, polls reported for Sean Chu. 27 out of 30? Yes. So there's still time for that to change. So hope. Um, let's see here. Hold on. Just bear with us, folks. Why think DJ Kelly on his social media said that he knocked on like 10,000 vote doors. 10,000 doors. Thank you. Um, and that's quite a feat. 10,000 doors, and here we are. Uh, yeah, so, so close. So, so I'm, I'm rooting for him. I don't think he wins. I, I am as well. Uh, he seems like a good guy. He came on the show. I hate to keep on harking back to the show, but I can say I have chatted with one, two, three, four, five, five out of the 15, six, because the mayor. Uh, the new mayor-elect. I've I've chatted with six of the candidates who are currently elected to the city hall. Um, Jeebus. Yeah. Well, and it's currently with um, Ward 7. We have under 1,000 votes separating Terry Wong and Heather McRae. Wow. Is Heather McRae still in second? Yes, she is. You know, it's interesting. So we have Terry Wong here with 4,755 votes. We have Heather McRae with 3,905 and Aaron Waits with 3,795. So, tight between Heather and Aaron right now. Are you shocked at that? Yes. I am shocked that... I, Heather... No offense to anyone who's run this campaign. They've all done it the way that they believe is the right way to run this campaign. 
Social media is how you win this campaign. Terry Wong was not on social media. I've tried to follow that guy, but he's not put that much out. Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen him at all. Exactly, but it looks like he will be in the halls of power. And for everyone I've interviewed, they all said communications and transparency was their number one issue. So I hope a lot of these candidates get uh, social media profiles tomorrow morning because... We are going to be here asking the questions. What are you doing and how are you doing it? The other thing that council, these new counselors will have to do is hire staff. That's true. Yeah. They have to hire staff. They have three people they have to hire for their, their offices now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm going back to finish my second degree now. So are you comfortable talking now? So how are you feeling? Uh, I, I understand. I'm definitely disappointed, but you know, I'm happy that we're going to have, from what I can see, a majority progressive board, and I think that was the biggest issue. Um, that The whole reason I ran was because we needed more progressives on the board. I mean, we're going to have this draft curriculum be voted on again in the fall next year, and now I can say with pretty much certainty that it will be rejected again so we'll see what the Kenny government does if let's say that there's a presidential election that comes after all of this because uh, who knows what happened there um but yeah no I mean this is good I'm most happy right now for Laura Hack because truth honesty here I know her and I think that she worked hard she ran the last election as well it didn't win but you know what she came back and she worked so hard she is a teacher by trade, right? Yes. That's what I thought. So is she no longer a teacher if she's school board trustee? No, she, um, from what I, I believe that anyone who was running for trustee who was a, was an, uh, who is an educator has to resign prior to... Oh, okay. Okay. So she hasn't been a teacher for some time. Okay. I was just wondering that because it was uh, interesting. I, I, I forgot to ask that question to her when she was on the show, but... Uh, we are at the 10 o'clock hour here, guys. Um, we could be going late night because it looks like that one poll in Ward 11 just does not want to uh, uh, come in. I know that there were reports that some polling stations ran out of ballots because they were not prepared for the influx of people. But we are... We are here. We are here. We, we are, are here. And uh, we are waiting for four. Once the last seven. one is. Four, seven, eleven. Four, seven, eleven. So four is. Here we go. They have declared. Sorry. They have declared the first uh, trustee that I can see here. Dana Downey has been declared okay. winner for awards one and two. Congratulations. 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 Great. Great. We'll come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have you. City of Lethbridge has declared Hagen as the next mayor of Lethbridge. So it looks like numbers are coming in slowly for uh, Lethbridge. One more poll. We're waiting on one more Okay. Uh, City of Chestermere uh, incumbent uh, retired. Colvin is going to, city, is going to be the mayor. Uh, uh, Councillor Young, female Michelle, uh, Michelle Young, uh, decided to try to run for that position that was opening up by the incumbent mayor. She has gone down in defeat, and Jody Gondek is giving her a victory speech now. I would say turn over and go to that. <laughs> I, I am just trying to figure out how do I... 
Well, while Chris is figuring that out, I can speak to the Senate candidates who are here. Oh, I'll wait. Let's begin by acknowledging that we live, work, and play on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, the Kainai, the Pekani, the Sutina, and the Stony Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation, Region 3, and all the people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. Thank you, Calgary, with all of my heart. Thank you for engaging in democracy, and sending a clear signal about what our future looks like. Thank you for embracing a vision of promise and opportunity. This election is about all of you and the many things that you believe we can accomplish together. It's also about the hard work of so many candidates and their campaign teams who ran because they all believed in our city. This election is about my own campaign team it's about 1,200 volunteers strong, volunteers who gave their time and energy to a common purpose, to ensuring that we gave people a reason to vote. My heart is full at the thought of how much love and support I have received, not only from the day I announced, but all the way up to today. This election is also about my family. Justice, Todd, and my mom, Please know that all of your sacrifices did not go unnoticed. Thank you for taking this journey with me, for caring about me and believing in me. This election is also about my dad, who left us far too early. It was actually his unfinished community service that I picked up in 2000. I'm sorry there, guys. I don't know what just happened there, but it seems like our... Uh... The connection? up there and I apologize and for some reason my mic is not even working right now so I'm just going to try and set something up here and just make sure that I'm not uh, it creeped it out at all so if you guys can just talk for two seconds yeah absolutely I wasn't sure if our mic yeah, was still sure. working no, or yours not is still working. all right sounds good yeah we don't have any updates that I can see for counselor um what about so the senate do you want to talk about the senate yeah, I mean, what I'll say is that, uh, hold, let me pull that right back yeah, up no here. Problem. Um, with the two top contenders as of currently, we have, and I'll get to it in one second. I see Pam Davidson. Yes, Pam Davidson and Erica, I'm going to butcher I'll say Barutis. Barutis. Barutis, yes. So those are the top two as of, um, right now. And, um, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, it hasn't changed much, but they have 246 out of 259 of those, um, okay. supported. So there is that. And have we moved on any of the referendum questions? Mm, good question here. Let's take a look. For and I'm back. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. It's still with, um, with referendum one question on the, on equalization. Yes, 59% voted yes, and 41% voted no, and for daylight savings time, 49, yes, 51, no. 
Okay, so it's still pretty much the same from what I can see. Um, I don't think that will be changing much given that we don't have many more polls to go through. Right. What do you think? I think, you know, the way that they worded these questions is quite convoluted. Um, <laughs> quite convoluted? They are convoluted. They are convoluted. Um, convoluted called and they want their words back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that was done on purpose to confuse people. Um, but even looking at the daylight savings time question, I'm still a little bit like, so yes means that we're going to adopt a year-round daylight savings time. Correct? Yes. So... So you want to vote no if you want to continue switching back and forth between your two uh, time zones. Yeah. So we want to stay on the daylight savings time throughout the year. <laughs> However, I believe that we should be on the, the standard time instead of the daylight savings time. And at the end of the day, here's the question. Here, here's, the, uh, here's, the, here's what I have to say about this. If you have to explain the question that you're voting on, if it's not a simple yes or no answer, then you have lost the race. And I think that's why this that those numbers are getting so confused right now, because I think a lot of people didn't understand it. And at the end of the day, this question should not have been put to the people. Yeah. My good friend, Laura Hack, has been officially elected. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You heard it here semi-first. Well learned. I'm so happy for her. Yes. Um, but yeah, back to that. I think that we should adopt a standard time um, because there are experts who uh, talk about the circadian rhythm and uh, and that is healthier time frame that, you know, we would be able to adopt easier, adapt easier rather. Um, anyway. Oh, they just changed a little bit. Not okay. really. Nah, it's still 49%. Yes, and 51% no. Oh, so, so it looks like we're not going to be. Good. I'm, still, I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still confused. Welcome <laughs> to the Crossboard Interview on. Podcast, where we confuse you on the results of the confusion, equalization, and confusing daylight savings question. Next time, Jason Kenny, if you can just go into the polling station and just ask one simple question, that'd be greatly appreciated. Okay. Do you like daylight savings time? That should have been the question. Yes or no? Do you like changing your clocks back every two hours? I'm going to disappoint you guys right now. Okay. Stop. Sean Chu is going to win tonight. Well, I, I hope he resigns. He will not. No. He will be... There is a conservative caucus now in City Hall. Dan McLean, Andre Chabot... Richard Bootsman, as he's a centrist, but he is more right than, say, some of the other people who have won tonight. And there's a progressive vote. There is the look forward Calgary. And right now, if I'm doing my math correctly, the look forwards have the majority. We have Sonia Sharp, Jennifer Winus, Jasmine Maine, Raj Diwali, Courtney Walcott, Evan Spencer. That's six. And uh, Jody Gondek, that's seven. They need one more person. Which is the last war that we're waiting on? Courtney. Eleven, 11 seven, oh. and four. And with Terry, I'm not totally sure where he lies on. The He's a conservative. He's a conservative. Yeah. yeah. He's a conservative. He, is, uh, he is on the right of the spectrum. <laughs> and I appreciate everything that they do, but this is going to be fun. Raj Diwali.
Richard Pootsman. A lot of emotions tonight. Yeah. There is. Um, I was not expecting to go until 10.30, but here we are. Marilyn Dennis has been declared winner for 5 and 10. The chair of the Board of Education is heading back to the Calgary Board of Education. What about the separate school boards? Do we know any of the names there? Do we know? Because yes. as much as I keep on talking about uh, what all these great people are doing, let's talk about that. Yes, so for um, Calgary for separate school in um, Ward, Calgary Wards 1, 2, and Cochrane, we have Myra D'Souza. Okay. Then in 3, 4, and Airdrie, Linda Wellman. Uh, separate for Wards 4 and 7, Pamela Ruff. 6 and 8 was acclaimed by Lori Ioana Lavelli. I'm so sorry. Yep. Um, for, not, for Calgary 9, 10, and, and Chestermere. Shannon Cook. Okay. I saw a Shannon Cook sign today and it was knocked over and I was going to pick it up, but I didn't. But I'm going to say to the people who are listening to this right now, hi, my name is Christopher Brown. I like political signs, as you can tell behind uh, Olga and uh, Deborah right now. Um, I'm going to be out tonight. I'm going to be just grabbing one for historical sakes. If you are missing a sign when you're going around picking them up, just come to my house, message me, and we will return it. But I just wanted for memento's sake to have these signs because it is important to ensure that democracy survives. And for me, democracy survives by me keeping your signs. So <laughs> not all of them. Please don't drop all of them off. But if you have one sign or a button, happy to add them to the many walls. I will say Patricia Bolger has officially won in six and seven. So congratulations to her. Congratulations, um, Patricia. Yeah, congratulations. What is the first step that she needs to do now? Because you were running for this position, yeah. what would you be doing in this position? She is now the counselor, the trustee elect. Mm -hmm. What would she be? Do what would you be doing? Well, in that position, be kind of consulting with everyone who's been elected. I'm sure that's going to be happening very soon here, mm -hmm. and kind of form a plan of what's going to happen now with this uh, draft curriculum. That's going to be the big thing here. Advocating for more schools. We need that. Advocating for proper COVID protocols in schools because I mean we're seeing. Cases, I mean, the case counts are definitely changing right now, but the high, we're seeing a huge increase in children yeah. contracting COVID, mm -hmm. which is terrifying. I mean, they, yeah, anyway. And um, I actually have a few uh, friends who are teachers, um, and they've said to me that they have to remind children to put their masks on. A lot of these children come from homes where they are told not to wear a mask. Um, so this is why it's so important to have a mask mandate to protect, um, you know, our vulnerable children who cannot get vaccinated. So yeah, I, I think uh, congratulations to Patricia, but she mm -hmm. does have um, an important role to play now. Yeah. And we also have Nancy Close for 11 and 13 being declared, and for 12 and 14, Charlene May. So congratulations, everyone. Yeah, congratulations. And from what I can see, we have a majority progressive board, which is what I'm most happy about. Yeah. Obviously, I'm disappointed I didn't win. But you know what? I'm young. Uh, who knows what the future holds? Hey, I have been in your shoes, Olga, and yep. I commend you for running. You Thank put you. your name forward, and that is so important. So I'm sure you might you might have not won tonight, but you are a role model for so many women out there. So I'm Thank proud you. of you, and uh, good job. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I guess like with diversity, like it's all women from what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I will say they're with, um, I mean, I maybe I don't know completely, maybe I'm incorrect here, but it is all 
white women, so I mean, we do have room for diversity in this, but I'm glad there's women, so that is an important thing. Um, uh, we're looking at Ward 8. Um, that has not been declared yet. 8 and 9? No, it has eight not. Nine. It is incredibly close between Susan and David. Yeah. Um, very close. They have two more polls remaining. Well, we'll see what so. happens. Indeed, we will see what uh, Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm sending out invites to some of these candidates who have been declared winners because they said they would talk to me on election night if they won. So <laughs> let's see if they will hold themselves to that word and actually come on the show and talk because uh, we want to hear from you, the candidates, and uh, we want to get your message out. So if you have some time, uh, message us, crossborderphotography at gmail.com. Send us a tweet. Send us a Facebook message. We will get back to you. But we would love to talk. We would love to talk to any of the candidates who have run and are looking at these results as well. And send us some messages as well. We're getting some comments on our uh, YouTube channel as well. And pe people, what are what about school board trustee for Ward Seven who was leading? We just talked about that. Uh, someone laughed at Cochrane. We mentioned Cochrane, so they laughed at that. <laughs> Yay, Laura! Let's go, Olga for Ward Seven. <laughs> Keep, keep daylight saving time, abolish the Senate, oh, the never important Senate election, Nutrigrain bar, and a Mountain Dew for dinner, y'all. <laughs> <Well, laughs> I'm assuming you know who that is. I don't know who knows that. I killed Prince. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out to I killed Prince. I uh, very much appreciate it. We have, at one point in time, we had about 90 people watching this. <laughs> Yay! There you go. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in to our little show that we produced on such a uh, shoestring budget. But uh, here we are. We are uh, for those who who are, have tuned in and are listening. You know that I'm sitting down with former MLA for Calgary Bow and the Calgary representative for Alberta Calgary advisor. Sorry, for Alberta Council Deborah Draver and Olga Barcelo, uh, candidate for Ward Six and Seven School Board Trustee. Um, um, we have had a fun three hours, three hours and 19 minutes. We have been talking about this election and it's been the three of us. We've had uh, Jan Damery on. We had Mike Lavallee on and we appreciate all of them for coming on and doing this. Uh, we were expecting a few others that did not show up on the time that they did, <laughs> that they were supposed to come on. But here we are. Um, we are going to be closing off at 1030 because we are. I, we, I think we're going to be waiting for a while if we didn't, because some of these yes. polls are still outstanding, and it is one poll. Um, City of Lethbridge has all their polls reported. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed. Um, my sister did not make the top eight. Um, but I just wanted to you know say that I'm so proud of her campaign. I know she worked extremely hard. Uh, she was out on that doorstep, and my niece Gwen, who is uh, 11 years old, um, who is out there, you know, talking to voters, uh, talking about climate change, affordable childcare, uh, free transit. I know those are big issues um, from her campaign, and so I just wanted to say that I am so proud of her, uh, regardless of the results tonight. Um, but I do want to congratulate the, the new council. So. 
Jen is her name? Jen Prosser, yeah. Jen, uh, from everyone here at the Crossword Interview Podcast, thank you for doing uh, what many people are afraid to do, putting your name forward. Um, we have seen tonight, we have seen Jennifer Winus, who ran in 2017, come back a, four years later and win against a incumbent city councillor, which is hard to win sometimes. We are seeing Giancarlo Cora almost go down in defeat against a unknown sort of upstart candidate. So you may have lost tonight, but at the end of the day, you continue to do what you need to do and you will win in four years. You will win. A, you you are destined for the uh, seat of power and you will get it if you continue on. So stick with it. I appreciate everyone who has put their name forward in this election because we are... Uh, we are better off because of the people like you uh, and the candidates who have put their name forward. So we're going to recap one last time as we wait for these results to come in. City of Calgary has elected its first female mayor on Monday, October 25th. The city of Calgary will be helmed by Jody Gondek, current incumbent city councillor for Ward 3. We have... Three women councillors, Ward 1, Sonia Sharp, replacing Ward Sutherland. Ward 2, Jennifer Winus, defeating Joe Manglioka. Ward 3, Jasmine Main, who is a former Olympian. Ward 4, we're still outstanding. We're still waiting for that. Sean Chu and DJ Kelly were in a neck-and-neck neck race, but the lead is opening up for Sean Chu, so it could be a potential uh, win for Sean Chu. But we will continue to hold out and see because we still have three polls out and we don't know where they are from. Ward 5, Raj Diwali, Diwal, Daliwal, sorry, uh, is replacing current MP-elect uh, George Tahal. Uh Raj is going to be in City Hall as of Monday morning. Stan Sadu came in second. Aaron Sadat came in third. Richard Bootman for Ward 6 is going back to City Hall with 48% of the vote. Richard is uh, retired four years ago. Jeff Davison took over, and Richard is now heading to his old seat. He's back in power, and he's back in his office. Ward 7, we're still outstanding. We have two polls that are still outstanding, and Terry Wong is leading with 5% of the vote, uh, with 26% uh, of the vote, sorry. So Terry Wong looks like it, but Heather McRae is second place, so it's still it's still early. Still, I should say it's still early. We, we're, we're, we're a, few, a few moments away from finding out that. Courtney Walcott, Ward 8, will be replacing outgoing uh, candidate councillor Evan Woolley. Evan Woolley endorsed him, and here we are. Do you need to go do something? Oh, you just... You just... No, my, my laptop's dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Uh, Giancarlo Carra, four-term councillor. Three terms under Mayor Nenshi, one term under Jody Gondek. Um, if we ever had a deputy mayor, I could see potentially him being deputy mayor under Jody Gondek, but... Sorry, who? John Carlo Cro. Oh, okay. It's a long night. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 10.30. Come on. I'm not I'm used to these late night sessions, but, you know, my brain's gone back. Andre Chabot, the former counselor for Ward 10, is going back to City Hall. Uh, Ward 10 has had no counselor for the last year since uh, Ray Jones retired. The day after it was 
possible for the city of Cal- Calgary to actually call a by-election. So Andre Chabot is heading back to City Hall, replacing Ray Jones, a long-term counselor for Ward 10 and Ward 5. Uh, Ward 11 is still outstanding. We're still waiting for one poll. Oh, man. One poll. Courtney Brannigan is a friend. Uh, she actually called me a friend today, so I was like, I was all excited when she came oh. over. She's like, oh, you're my friend. I was like, I have a friend now. <laughs> you have uh, a lot of friends. Yeah, come on. Thank you. That's true. That's true. I apologize. I have have another friend. I have women friends. Yes. Yes. Um, Courtney Brannigan is looking like she could be heading to the city hall tomorrow morning, but we still are waiting for one polled outstanding. Evan Spencer, former assistant to the great uh, counselor, uh, Shane Keating. I was going to call Sean Keating, but Sean Keating is hanging up his ropes after three years, three terms, and he is going to retire and Evan Spencer we used to work for him and now is taking over that position so that transition is going to be quite interesting uh, next is Dan McLean Dan McLean in Ward 13 is taking out uh, long term incumbent counselor Diane Colley Urquhart this is a huge blow this uh, Di- I, I, I consider Diane a friend she's a good person I appreciate everything she's done for the city but uh, 20 years the people of Ward 13 were done uh, she is now probably going to retire and I wish her the best in that retirement and Peter DeMong with 65% of the vote 65% of the vote uh, Peter DeMong is heading back to City Hall tomorrow morning um, it is 1024. We have not had supper here at the Crossboard Interview Podcast. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts, and then I'll I'll do my final thought, but we'll start with Olga. Final thoughts on tonight. What what are you feeling? What do you do you have hope for the city? I have um I mean, yes. Here's the thing. I would like to focus with specifically the school board on this yep, matter. Yep. Um I have hope there. We have a progressive board, and you know what? That is the most important thing. I would rather have a progressive board without me, per se, than, let's say, just someone like me with a ton of other people who do not share the same views that I do about this curriculum and with COVID and the school closures. So, you know what? It is disappointing, but, you know, I am very happy with the board. I think this is the route that we needed to go and to ensure our... um, I guess our support for public education because we have a provincial government that is not supporting public education. That's all I'm going to say. With the city, um, I mean, I'm a little disappointed with what's happening with Sean Chu, to be perfectly honest with everyone. Um, I think a lot of people are this morning. Well, I shouldn't say that. 44% of the people of Ward 4 don't, aren't. I'm taking a look right now at Twitter and there is upheaval. Oh, really? Already, yeah. People are saying that they will be protesting if he doesn't. Well, I hope they do. But it doesn't do that. anything. It doesn't do anything at the end of the you day. Know, and I and right. I, I I apologize for interrupting you, but I just got to say, protest is good. That's great. But I want to. I will ask every single person who is protesting tomorrow. Did you vote? If you didn't, mm-hmm. do not do not even think about getting in that protest line. Your vote mattered today. So if you did not vote, do not protest tomorrow because you do not have the right to say anything because you had the best weapon today to go out and vote and you didn't choose to use that. So I apologize for interrupting you. Go back. No, and I completely agree with you because, I mean, like, for those who don't know, my parents flood a dictatorship. And while in a dictatorship, you don't have a, a voice in politics. So I think 
it makes me really sad people don't vote because there's people like my parents who fled their country because they couldn't have any voice in their government, you know? Yeah. And I think that speaks to a lot of us here, a lot of first-generation children, people like myself, right? So, yeah, it's you, my friend. Oh. I'm so tired. <laughs> she just wants food. We I, we can smell the Chinese no, food I down. Can speak to it. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the amount of women that were elected tonight. Um, that is awesome. I think that we now have a new uh, woman of color um, mayor. Uh, I I'm just I'm excited for the future. Um, to be completely honest with you, I was feeling um, depressed about our city, the state of our city, the way, you know, no one, there's a lot of people who are unemployed. Um, there are a lot of people who are in situations where they're relying on the food bank. Um, it's, it shouldn't be that way, especially in Calgary. And I think that for the first time we have some hope and um, I'm excited to see what, what this new council does. Um, and uh, congratulations to all the, the people who won. I'm going to just say this. Except for Sean Chu. He hasn't won yet. Hasn't he won hasn't yet. won yet. We have uh, been here since 7 o'clock this morning. It's just 7 o'clock this morning. It feels like it. 7 o'clock this afternoon. Um, we... Uh, we have done a lot of shows over the last few months. We have tried to get out the word about the candidates who are running. Uh, I first want to thank you. And I'm not you, the viewers, yet, because I'm going to do that in a few seconds in the listeners. But I want to thank you, Olga and Deborah. Um, you took time out of your campaign. You took time out of your day today, and you came down, and you sat with us, and you've chatted about politics, and it's been fun. Honestly, This I was having a bad morning this morning. I had a few attacks, and... Uh, uh, when I when I get into a groove of actually being able to talk about something I'm passionate about, I enjoy it. And last three hours have flown by. And I appreciate everything that you guys have done over the last few months because uh, I, I jokingly said that I have a new friend now and you said you are. But I do consider you guys friends because you guys have helped me over the last few months. And I'm not trying to bogart, bogart the politics part of this yet, but I will talk about that in a few seconds. But... Uh, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for just being there and like even taking time out of tonight and talking as much as you probably were scared to do this. It was fun. I appreciate it so it much. Was so much fun. Federal election. There you go. Um. Well, when they get sworn in, we'll have you back and we'll talk about yeah. what they are. Absolutely. Um. I'd love to. Now I want to take them take a moment and thank you, the listeners and the viewers. The last two and a half months have been uh, challenging. September fifth, I got the worst news I could possibly get that my surgery was canceled, and I've been doing this in pain. I've had two attacks throughout the night. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you. If you take a moment tonight and think of one thing, please think of this. Hug your loved ones. Hug uh, your family, your friends, and reach out to the candidates who lost tonight because they put their heart and soul in the last 10 months, however long they were running. 
and they did this for whatever reason they wished to do it. And our city is better off because of it. Our province, our country, our democracy is better off from this. We are not on this earth for that much longer. And nights like this have special meetings in my heart. And when I can share it with my listeners, my viewers, to my my friends, it has helped me get through it. Um, We are not... Um, we're 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 off for the next few days. I'm gonna take some time and actually sleep. Try to at least. I'm going to relax and actually just kick back and enjoy myself over the next few days because the last two and a half months have almost utterly destroyed me mentally, physically, and here we are. I leave with these parting words. You might not like the results tonight. You might not like how the vote ended up. You may not like who is your mayor, your counselor, your school board trustee. But don't rush to judgment. They are doing it for their reasons, and they're doing it for whatever reason they believe in doing it. We are in a divided country. We are in a divided province. We are in a divided city. And you have to take a moment and think to yourself... I want to leave this country better, I want to leave this city better, and I want to leave this province better. By getting on social media and complaining for the next four years, it doesn't change anything. So give credit and start having conversations again. Talk to people. Talk to your friends, talk to your loved ones, talk to people you might disagree with. Have people over when it's socially acceptable and socially distancing like we are right now we're both we're all vaccinated but talk to people i started the show to to talk to people and uh has helped me through the dark times and i hope people realize that in when you talk to people even you when ones that you disagree with you are better off so everyone here at the Cross Border Interview Podcast, thank you so much for tuning in for the last three hours. We will be back Monday morning, 8 o'clock, with a great episode with a musician from here in Calgary. And then we'll be live talking about the swearing-in ceremony. And then Tuesday we'll be live with the federal cabinet ministers being sworn in as well. So this that's why I'm taking a week off. I'm taking a week off to just relax and just enjoy myself. Thank you so much. Thank you, Olga. Thank you, Deborah. Um, Thank you to my family, thank you to my friends, and thank you to everyone who has tuned in and listened to the show. Uh, I hope I can continue doing you proud for the next few months, because uh, while I'm here on this earth and still can redo things like this, I will continue to bring you the news. Thank you so much. Have yourself an excellent day, and keep talking, guys. Let's just make sure I get this one right here. Okay. Mm.